0: the dummy yeah can you johnny can you show the thing that sage was throwing again he was like he was like body slamming that thing so uh, oh my god it used <laughs> fluster johnny uh, shit. Fluster johnny doesn't know what's His going show on now is going downhill. He, uh, he wasn't prepared for that but uh um, the wheels so, are off stop stop johnny should, while i'm saying my little story you can figure it out johnny use you use, use <laughs> you know
1: okay you just played it, it a minute ago a... it was the preview it's probably no, just it's a, a uh, jujitsu. You dummy. play it, You
0: can't just find it in there. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't or a matter. Or
1: grappling around. dummy. It's too much. It's okay. Some it's sexual good. is going to come up when Google. googles no, that. Don't, don't do it. So I bought one for Asher. I was all
0: excited. I told him about it's a four pound like black leather dummy thing. You're gonna like four mm, pound? Yeah. No. Four, sorry. Four foot tall. I was gonna like four foot foot. pounds. Four pounds. <laughs> I did it heavy. wrestle So it does kind of <laughs> go with it with with what I was gonna say though. So it it came and he was all excited and I told him we're like we're gonna get it ready. And you know you, you you open up the the box and there it is, but it's empty. There's no sand in it. And it's like fill it with sand. And it's like so it's like zippers and you fill it with some. some so you have to bring of, your own sand. I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't part of the deal. So it's like now Asher has this. This deflated, deflated leather dummy and uh it's like and my now, sack. Well yeah, now he's so oh, there you go, that's him. So the four foot one him. is going, that's the guy I got him. That's my kid. <laughs> yeah, like wearing I got him gear. I got him a four foot one. It looks really weird. You no, know, what else I, I was gonna say and that, that, since it's not full up and it's like, looks like a leather suit for Asher. It literally looks four like four a gimp tall. suit. And uh and he goes, You could zip me into this. I'm like, you're not getting yeah. <laughs> you're not <getting> to this <laughs> thing, buddy. What have you been
1: watching on YouTube? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I turn on the pull the settings back on YouTube. <laughs> uh But uh yeah. Anyway, so tonight is an exciting show because it is our twentieth show in a row, twenty episodes in a row. We're almost a half a year into this. So crazy,
1: so crazy. So you know, the Can one. Then, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say about habit. You know, well, that's habits. what I was gonna say. Go ahead, say what you're gonna say. Well, so Ryan, we had twenty weeks. What have you done in twenty weeks? I've
0: a nice <laughs> no, that's you always this. had that. You always had it.
1: <laughs> You know, that was, yeah. So how when you actually have testosterone? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, in 20 weeks, it's funny because 20 weeks, right, we created this incredible habit, right? On Thursday nights, we come to the show, we do the show, and uh, and it's been something like it's uh it's something you just expect. It's not something where I feel, you know, we have a full day of work before this. So we get up. Um, I know Eric's day is a lot like mine, where you get up, the first thing you do is look at your phone, look at your email, no, you just so start working. Really, yeah, I mean, basically, so for for both you and I, work really doesn't really end. No, is there's no way you to wake it? up. That's when work begins, because it's not it doesn't necessarily mean you're here in the office working. It's just like kind of a continuous thing. But when I go home, after the gym, I go home and, um, you know, have vodkas, which we are, <laughs> which I am having now, but you have vodkas and I and I disconnect at least until I put the kids to bed and you know, whatever. But uh, on a day like today, we go to the gym. Today we had an event at the gym, an NPC event, where uh, where we were welcoming. I don't know how many people came. Probably and, almost hundred. Yeah, we we uh, I spoke. You were supposed to speak, but you ran to get. Ada I Elijah, wanted to go uh, get Elijah. Uh, Elijah I appreciate yeah. you know doing that so that my wife and my youngest. Son I was trying to, to steal watch his watch. McDonald's. Oh,
1: he would not. He like would not come. give
0: it up. No nuggets. No. He loves his nuggets. So um, we did that, and then we came right here and start this, but. The funny thing is that it
1: doesn't ever feel like work none of it really feels like work to a large degree it's always fun well that's the thing is like what i was going to say is you know in 20 you can always find time for something right like we have busy schedules at the end of work, and you know like i say i get up around six every morning like you say just work starts like you deal with international customers yep. whatever it is stuff that's happened through the night we get caught up on conversations that maybe stopped because we fell asleep um you know and it can be easy to say like ah oh, it's it's too much to add this on a thursday night but it's like if it's important you'll always find time and it's just like Going to the gym or, you know, doing cardio, if it really is important, you'll find the time for it. Yeah, I get that a
0: lot. So right now, um, I do the, uh, in the morning, you know, I do an hour of cardio outside. And today was our first day with my weighted vest. Oh, you got, you know, that. You're doing I'd surf look, now? So, no, 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 no. So, uh, so last month, my goal was to do 100 miles of walking. Yeah, remember that. Which basically means I have to do about three and a half, three miles, and a half miles every it, day. Yeah. And, and I had most days, you know, I ended up doing 118 miles in the, in the oh, month. Shit. Um, so I, you know, had a bunch of bigger days. You the funny still thing swapping your shoes out? Yeah, well, OK, you have to. That's the thing I learned for sure. Brooks, I have Brooks Glycerin. There I am. There I am. Good job, Johnny. This is today, wearing, uh, wearing the vest. And there's a word of not, not having he wearing, wearing a vest, or is no. that like a leather biker vest he's that's, got That's on. actually the vest. <laughs> and so my goal for this month, uh, is I have to, you know, me, I always have to keep going to the next level uh, is to wear the vest it's 28 pound vest. And uh, the goal is by the end of the month to go up to 50 pounds. You can continue. Keep putting, uh, yeah. You can put more and more in. So I started, I didn't know what it would be like. I didn't know if it would be like, uh, painful in my back. You know, I had a, a little bit of a lower back issue last time I did legs on Saturday. So I said, you know what, we'll start at 28 pounds, and just move up on the way. Uh, um, but I feel like if I'm doing three and a half to four miles in an hour, uh, with the fifty-pound vest, that that's a pretty big accomplishment. No, because you have to think, then take the vest off, and how? Oh yeah, how I how took, took the vest off today. First off, it was drenched, but then I took the vest off,
1: and uh, it definitely oh. feel lighter. Uh, is your goal to get Eduardo on your back? <laughs> no, I don't want to wear a touch. like Master Blaster? No. From, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it on Dome. my shoulders and
0: yeah. run yeah. with him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't even really know what the goal is. But you know, obviously, we're doing the uh, transformation. I'm doing the, the trials. You're kind of like kind yeah, I'm still your, losing weight. It's crazy. Yeah, you're doing you're doing great. You're not doing the trials. This, no, but it's like but I keep getting leaner. And I'm not trying. That's good. I mean, something is working. So for me, I've uh, it's been this has been a, the, probably the most successful one I've ever done because I've kind of maintained my weight the whole time, which is crazy. But shifted a lot up. Uh, today is a unique show, and the reason why it's unique is because normally we do the news just you and I, uh, but I have a very good friend Tyler Merritt, who's the CEO of Nine Line who's a smart guy with a lot of great opinions. And I, and I was gonna have one as a guest uh, after the news, but I figured, you know, why not bring him on for the news and talk to him a little bit after as well, uh, before we have Sage Northcutt, which, uh, which we have a lot of stuff. He's a Red to athlete, a superstar fighter. He has a fight he's preparing for right now. Um, and I felt like, you know, why don't we get Tyler on to go through the news with us, give us his opinion yeah, interesting and, perspective, uh, yeah, yeah. and be part of the conversation. Yep, I agree. So, without further ado, let me introduce to you Tyler Merritt. There he is. I, whoa, look at Tyler. Yeah, he's in a nicer studio than us. Yeah, look so at that studio. Oh, oh, I like it.
2: it. Can you hear us? I can barely hear you guys. I can. Uh, I can hear it just a little bit of delay. So, okay. seemed to work prior to, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, Ryan, apologize Ryan. in advance. You do with Ryan? He probably screwed it up somehow.
1: Ryan got chicken nugget grease on the keys.
2: Yeah. Well uh like i say thanks for having me on i wish i could hear you uh we're gonna try to troubleshoot this really quick if you want to uh move on to something else in the meantime
0: yes yeah. so i will say uh, tyler when i met tyler he uh, uh, never saw him a glass before we met He saw with the glasses and then nice quickly recreated you know he's like well, that's, that's the middle. something yeah <laughs> can you hear me tyler are we any better better now? I hear him. You he he can't turn him
2: up. Yep. Give him another back.
0: All right. Let's no, go in first like night. Hey, Tyler out. says he's, he can hear us. We'll come back. Um, I think uh, probably if he was working before, it's got to be something on their own, right, Ryan?
1: Yeah. He and
0: I perfect. Yeah. And he heard me even before. All right. So I would definitely want to have him for the presidential debate stuff. So let's talk oh, about. That's it. Let's talk about the hyundai transformer class walking car production and we'll come back to tyler as soon as we get the, the audio situation fixed my phone in case he's texting me um so play the slide johnny let's yes, show this the thing. House we here. gotta
1: show the thing look
0: at this
2: thing
1: <laughs> it literally looks like something out of westworld it, it, it literally yeah you're right i didn't even think about that it does look out like especially a the way world. the sides open up yeah you um
0: so you're a car guy i'm kind of a car guy but you're really a car guy the question that first comes to my mind is, if this car comes out or whatever, I don't even know how you call it a car, would you buy this thing? Not
1: really, because I mean, I, I get the purpose of it, it's for like these really rough terrains, but it seems like it's more of like a military application than it would be civilian. Um, I know they showed it in scenarios where using it as a delivery vehicle in cities where it could like kind of come up onto the porch, drop it off. Yeah, like a handicapped
0: person. drop Yeah, off
1: so that actually would be a great thing. Anybody who has any type of disability, that that's actually pretty clever it could get them up and down places but as a civilian vehicle i don't know like just more shit to break i don't know why it's like you know just it's probably go bad like someone i'd do something really stupid so with so the, the idea right is that he'd the... be looking in people's windows with it oh yeah he would like, raise, he'd it, be up raise and, it up raise it up and
0: see it in the wall <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh but uh the uh the vehicle has robotic legs right instead of feet and it would drive normally but then it can lift up high. And uh, and actually, you know, in Ryan's case, it can look into the windows Yeah, you know, uh, the people so Honda, thinks this is gonna be the next big thing, which it may or may not be I don't know what you would use it for unless you were on a train like Mars there. It shows the picture. I mean, if you're on Mars, this would be a great Maybe thing. Maybe they should get with Musk. Yeah, put <laughs> it on Mars. Yeah. That would be cool. A cool car for Mars. Kind of looks like a, a Mars V. I like I like your uh, the fact that it could be a Westworld car. I it can really see is. that.
1: Yeah, that's what it looks like. I, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this looks... Because I saw it on a car bus the other day. Um, I was like, oh, this looks like something out of Westworld. And, you know, again, like different terrains like that, where maybe they were rescuing people that were like, got stuck out in the desert or mountain, yeah. you know, I mean... It, it's like a production vehicle people drive. No, I, I can't imagine. A, there must be some other reason why they're doing it. It must be some tax credit they'll get for for making it or something. <laughs> definitely possible. Yeah, yeah it's definitely possible. Because it's in production, supposedly. So. Uh, Tyler just texts me. It's like I can't hear shit.
0: Any uh, any news from Tyler? Daryl at home says that t- Tyler was very low, and we were very we were loud. So I don't know if that uh, if that means anything for you guys. You guys, it says you guys are very low, and he is loud. You mm-hmm. you heard what I just said, guys? Mm-hmm. So Daryl says we're low, and he is loud. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the people out there. Do you have people commenting that are loud? That's Ryan. sounded
3: good, and you guys sound like that's very
0: 80%. Ask
1: Ryan and Melanie. That's what, okay, yeah. Man, and they're, they're saying we, that we sound low? They're
0: saying you guys are at 20%, Tyler was at 80%. Oh, that's not good.
1: 100%. Oh, it's the 20th episode. It's at right. 20% volume. Is, is, your, is your microphone on? Oh, she L says, wait.
0: No, I don't know what that means. Johnny, you had to fuck it all up in the 20th episode, huh? This is audio thing. This is going to be known as the derailment. My microphone's minute. on? Your yeah, microphone's on? on? Yep. Daryl says he was very loud. You're normal, okay, so that's good. Okay. Um, one any, thing I'm not is normal. on Tyler? Is he back or no? I know he's. I know he's here. But
2: I can hear you guys extremely faint. It worked perfect in the test. I could have a great conversation. <laughs> for whatever reason, phone right phone. now.
1: <laughs> well, before mics went hot. Yeah. It seems like. Try- oh my God, Ryan, you talk to.
0: No, you can hear it And better, what'd you do? So, what's going on? Is this microphone, are these microphones connected to that?
1: To a soundboard, you can hear on that.
0: I think
2: uh, our guys are going to call your staff. Find out if there's a way they can troubleshoot.
0: Okay, Tyler, we're saving the presidential debate for you. Okay.
2: Hey, I heard something about presidential debate, and I'm more than happy to talk about it.
0: <laughs> uh, good, good. All right. It was a
2: shit show. It, yes. For sure. He summed
0: it all up. That yeah, was all you. Oh, okay. We're good. Let's go to Disneyland. It sounds good. Well, where's yeah. my, let's hear ours. Okay. Good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Okay. So text Tyler, his people fucked it all up. Let's go to the next one. It's not your fault after all, Johnny. All right. Disney lays off 28,000 people, mostly at the two U.S. theme parks. So uh, they weren't the only ones, by the way. I don't know. We didn't put this in on the story, but the airlines, I mean, today, like. Yeah, they cut a bunch. I mean, because
1: flights are down thousands of people. I mean, you can barely get a flight anywhere now. Yeah, they cut
0: an absolute shitload of people today. They finally, like, United uh, apologized. I'm sorry we never wanted to do this. It had to happen. We don't know what to do. Um, so, yeah, there was, you know, it was a big thing this morning. I read in the, you know, I get the before the bell on CNN. It's like a newsletter that they put out um, specifically related to, you know, stock and what's going to happen for the day before the day happens. And they were like, you know, the United staff CEOs were like, the CEO was like, this is a terrible tragedy. We never thought we're going to have to do this. So they cut an absolute ton of people. And also, Disney laid off 28,000
1: people. Um, which which shows you how hard they were hit
0: by the pandemic.
1: Yeah, but you got to think too. Is like, I think most people that go to Disneyland or Disney World travel to do so. You know, they're coming because obviously for us it's in our backyard. It's easy to get there. You know, like Jackson, I would take them up there if we get bored on a weekend. But yeah. you know, most people that could be like that's a big trip. A big trip. This might be the, the one trip year. in a lifetime, oh yeah, or you yeah, know, once a year, once a, once a lifetime. You're right? Yeah, because I mean, I, you know how expensive it is if you're not from Florida. So, you know, obviously. People aren't working as much. Um, you know, finances are messed up. Yeah. I mean, things like a trip to Disney is going to go out the window and you know, I hate to say, it, you hate to see anybody lose jobs, but I'm surprised it took this long to be honest, because I no offense, Ryan, uh, not this Ryan, but our tier operator, Ryan, he works at universal. And what was interesting is we went to universal, I think the weekend that it reopened. Mm, I remember that and I could have run around naked and nobody would have said a word. And then as you go through the park, what you realize is that it's not as big and there's not as much to do as you think there is. Because normally you're dealing with lines and waiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure if you went to Disney now, you'd be like, this sucks. Because like, <laughs> then also, too, then you have time to realize it's dated and it hasn't been updated in for, you know, forever. So it's interesting. Um, interesting. It's interesting that you would notice that it sucks now
0: with less people there. Well, because you would think like well, a lot of people see. Because I would I been to Disney very much, but I went one time in August. Mm, oh, that's the worst. Three time. years ago or so. Were you, were you
1: drunk when you did that? No, it was terrible <laughs> though.
0: It was terrible, and I walked around and said, "I will never come here again." <laughs> I remember that actually. Yeah, I, I'm literally like, "Holy shit, this place is terrible," and and scary bad.
1: But. So Universal was fun in the fact that we literally could get on everything. Like Jackson, and I rode stuff back to back to back to back, where you were like, "Okay, I can't." I have my equilibrium's off you know so you went from ride to ride to ride but within three hours you're through the whole park and you've ridden everything multiple times so you're like okay this isn't as cool as you think it is just because it's like i guess part of the experience is having to wait a little bit and you know maybe waiting in line talking but yeah it's uh it was interesting so
2: back up
0: tyler are you hearing stuff or are you just showing him because
1: why not
2: i can't hear a thing
1: (laughs) it's it's like whatever Um, you think he's on Pornhub as always? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, Could have so, passed the time.
0: <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I think that uh, Disney, Disney Cruise Lines, they're I all really think about that. Yeah, that's a big part. That's a big, big part of their business. They're gonna, they're gonna recover. You know, um, uh, you know, I don't know where their stock price is. Although we talk, we talk about this a lot, right? If the, re, Johnny pull up the stock price for Disney, but where Disney's owned by ABC,
1: correct? Or is it the other way around? ABC owns Disney? Or yeah, Disney owns Disney yeah, owns ABC. I'm not even
0: sure. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. Let's see. Hold on. He's pulling it up right here.
1: <laughs> Walt
0: Disney World. I think Tyler may pulled up his phone. That was smart. Let's see. Disney stock price, Johnny. Go! Give me, give me a month. Go now! All right. All right. So one month. Click one month, Johnny. Make it not fuzzy. Okay, it's going down a lot. It's going down. So it was at 135 a month ago, and it is now down, Johnny, pull it to where it's at now, 120.
1: 120.
0: Hold on, go to the, where it's at today.
1: It's like 123.
0: One, okay. Now, Johnny hits six months. Hit year to date, actually, year to date. YTD, no, YTD. <laughs> I'm to see what's the worst part. We're just showing you, Tyler. I There's
2: Tyler. Yeah. What's going I mean, on?
0: What's the price on that Disney stock price, Johnny? You, I can't see.
2: Can I just the talk to you?
0: To make to just be there. 85. Eighty-five. Okay. Okay. So they're not. They're not in my in the Aaron buy yet mode because they're still way above that. um But if they get under hundred, that's a pretty good buy for me. See if you can add Tyler's phone there, Johnny. Let's see if we can add Tyler's phone. It's right next to it. That's Tyler's phone, you're yeah, looking up his nose. Hey, Tyler, can you hear us?
2: We're gonna go old school. I'm gonna okay, hold play it up. the sound for Tyler. Yeah.
0: Hold on, hold on a second.
2: It's,
1: it's his phone.
0: We need so to
2: sound.
1: Yeah, cause didn't... uh. Oh my God, look at, now we got, this is like awesome.
2: Inception. <laughs> I feel like one of those can high... school.
0: you one of them? Teenagers.
2: Oh, hey guys, brood. this is weird. Should be fun. Headphones. I can hear you.
0: Oh, there, there you
2: go. go. There you go. Do you hear us well? Can you hear me? I can hear you. So you're in. Let's roll with it. Fuck it.
0: No, bring, bring his phone in. Just do the phone.
2: Yeah, there you go. Hey, you want to get one of those things to hold the phone? Yeah. Like right there? Hey, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize for some technical difficulties from our. Uh, I'm just going to take the the blame for this. Everything's my fault. You know, you're seeing Turn the
0: phone this way. Lance, okay. Turn your phone sideways, Tyler nice there you go oh my god you're in it Woo-hoo-hoo. man Love me ask me let me ask you a question is, was the glasses inspired by me yes or no just be honest
2: really? uh everything i do is inspired by you Jeez. thank you that's what i figured uh but do i did i inspire you into helicopters at some point yes
0: i do like helicopters Now i want a helicopter you're right you're right we I, inspire each other then we inspire each other and that is what friendship's friendships all about man if you can inspire each other you're doing pretty good.
2: You're doing That's pretty great. i good. Yeah. So I've got Shelton here. He's going to be holding this thing for however long this takes. So it should be, oh, any, you
0: know, I hope two and a half hours. Two and a half hours and so- and a half hour
2: should be fine. i played. playing. Yeah, sure. No problem. He, play- He's, he played for 10 minutes earlier. He almost died. So she should be fine.
0: <laughs> I wonder what happened, like, in the interim between Ryan talking to you and, and you doing it.
2: I have absolutely no idea. That's definitely a first, hopefully a last. Uh, but uh, lessons Beautiful. learned, right? Yeah.
0: So Tyler, uh, you missed, unfortunately you missed, and I know this is sad, you missed the Hyundai transformer class walking car, and you missed Disney layoffs, but you're in time for the more important story. Uh, we want to do, we have a few important stories, but the number one thing we really want to talk to you about is Subway sandwiches are too sugary to meet legal definition of bread.
2: That's very interesting.
0: Yeah, so you can't call them bread, because they have more sugars, Apparently, they have as much sugar as Oreos, the wow. Subway sandwich bread.
2: So, well, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I like Oreos and Subway. So, can you make, make it like if I put them inside the yeah. sandwich? Is that is that wow. make it healthy? Does it cancel each other out?
0: It may be. I mean, you know, we we're kind of into like this, this like nutrition, like stuff over here at Redcon, and I can't say that you're wrong. Yes, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so. I mean, it hasn't been disproven. No, there's no st- scientific studies no. on that or anything.
1: Yeah. So
2: I'm not a doctor, but I am a pilot, so I feel <laughs> like it could be right.
1: Wait, you told me you were a doctor in that van that
2: one time. Yeah. Um, what's the next question?
1: <laughs> 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 All
0: right. So let's. This is really. What, this is truly. This is the big. This is the big one. Is the. Uh, it's not going
2: to be another subway question. It's, uh, <laughs> Six About. inch or foot long, Tyler.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, first of all, isn't this uh, well, this is six inches, so yeah, I'm a big, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Where you measure from? <laughs> I'm an
2: Irish carpenter with precise units of measure. There you go.
1: So, so, with that in
2: mind, presidential debate, how do you measure the presidential debate, Tyler? From the book, how, how do you measure a shit show? I have no idea. Uh, The unit of measure could be the amount of garbage that came out of uh, my favorite uh, Sleepy Joe's mouth, which I don't know if it was actually his own words or whoever was talking into his ear, but uh, I feel like both sides could have done better. I feel like some high schoolers probably could have done better. Uh, I I personally enjoy debates where people allow the other people to speak, even though a lot of it coming out of their mouths is absolute uh, garbage. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of our president and his policies, and I've never shied away from my opinions. Uh, And I was actually fortunate to be able to go and watch the debate in its entirety, except for the parts where the loud female next to me was screaming at the president, calling him a racist, which... I then asked to show me one example of when he's ever been a racist because I've met his family and I know a lot of people who interact with them and I, I've yet to actually see something that shows that he's racist. But somehow this entire debate's come about condemning white supremacy and him being a racist, uh, which is completely off context. And uh, in my opinion, as a as a business owner and a former military guy, you know I, I don't I don't see uh, white supremacy prevalent throughout the country. You know, I've got my best friends are black. My wife is or ex-wife's Hispanic. Uh, Yeah, I just don't see it as a major issue, but um, it seems to be the only thing that people are talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, uh,
0: you know, I want to go into a few things, but uh, talking about that specifically, you know, it's it's one of the more ridiculous claims that have been made, you know, uh, for for a lot of people saying he's a Nazi or whatever, he's a a KKK, he, he said earlier that KKK and Antifa are terrorist organizations. Yes. And he is, his daughter, who he obviously loves and is a very important part of his uh, senior staff at the White House, is married to a religious Jew. She converted to become a religious Jew. She is, uh, observes uh, Shabbos, she's, she's Orthodox. And her kids are also Jewish and raised in that way. Uh, he's, his mentors, some of his mentors in his life, have been uh, Jewish and, yes. that, and obviously he's had all kinds of people around him in important positions that are black. So if that were the case, why the hell it's, it's doesn't, it's so incongruous that it's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous claim that I think uh, I don't understand how it's become so, such a big deal. But unfortunately, like you said, Tyler, is that, you know, there was a, the, the, the whole debate, you know, I was hoping for, I was hoping for it to be really, really one-sided. And unfortunately, uh, it wasn't. And uh, and he, he definitely opened up a lot of room uh, for people to to talk more shit, which is a, it's an it's a unfortunate thing. In the beginning of the debate, I thought he was extremely strong and, uh, and Joe was extremely weak where you saw a lot of those, you know, senior moments or whatever, right? Um, but as it kept going, you know, there was that one
2: moment where, They're like, denounce, can you denounce uh, white supremacy? He's like, sure. But that that wasn't the full question. And that's where if you ask a loaded question, uh, you can form whatever narrative you want. Hey, did you stop beating your wife is a loaded question. Because if you say yes or no, it implies that you either previously did or you still are. Uh, So when you say, do you denounce white supremacy? white supremacy and extreme right wing organizations such as the Proud Boys, which is really what people were going to push towards was you know, during these riots, uh, Antifa creating just lawlessness and chaos and burning and looting and destruction. And then the guys on the right uh, who are going out there armed to go and attempt to go police something that the police should be doing uh, if given proper equipment, training and money. Uh, I'm sure they would and, and the ability to, but that was the loaded question. And, and I, I'm not gonna say what the Proud Boys are doing is right, wrong, and different, but I think that's what he was saying is the standby and stand down to not do those things, to allow him to put good order and discipline through the use of uh, federal agents or local police. And I think when people took it out of context, like they do with a lot of things, They fill in the blanks with, obviously, he is racist. He did denounce the KKK. He did denounce Antifa. Uh, While he might uh, not always, um, you know, come across very eloquent uh, and and some things might be lost in translation, you know, I don't see his actions being racist. I don't have I've not seen any of his actions or any people that he surrounds himself that say that he is a racist or his. Decision-making is based on race, color, creed. Um, it, it's been, in my opinion, based on not caring about the far left or the far right and trying to do what's best for the United States. And while I not uh, don't always agree with the way that he says things, uh, his actions have spoken much louder than other administrations. And as a military guy, uh, who served under Bush and Obama, and then uh, Trump most recently. Yeah, I, I would say that I, I, I felt very uneasy in uh, not uh, protected as a military member fighting our nation's war overseas under Obama. Uh, and, and I felt that the president, when he draws a red line, he is not going to allow people to step all over us. He is going to come and send for my friends who are stuck in Benghazi. He's He's going to take action, decisive action, to protect us. He's going to take decisive action to restore the economy, uh, and 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 do it based on what he thinks is best for the country. Uh, So I I think that's really what people wanted to hear. They wanted to hear about you know what are we going to do with this uh, Chinese-born virus known as coronavirus? What are we going to do to rebuild our economy? What are we going to do to you know ensure that our military remains you know the best and most well-equipped in the world, uh, those are things that are important to me. And for some reason, uh, race has become this distractor, you know, that this individual is a bigot and a racist and a sexist. Um, I, I just haven't seen his actions speaking to that, in my opinion.
0: You um, you mentioned uh, the military with Trump and, and uh, you have a unique perspective because you did serve under all those presidents. And you said you didn't feel as secure uh, before with Obama, and I, I'd like to hear just a little bit more of that. What, what does that mean for you, somebody who was, you know, very active during during uh, during those times versus now? If you're if you're right now on the front lines, how, how does that how is it different?
2: Well, some of the things I can't really talk about. Uh, I did spend most of my time in special operations, uh, and we did things, you know, uh, bad things to bad people all around the world. You know, you know our friends Eddie Gallagher. Uh, you know, it, we, we've had to um, you know, fight in clandestine wars where we don't um, want to be left for dead. If you look at what occurred in Benghazi, it was a travesty. It could have been avoided. We had rapid response forces like myself ready to go and help our friends who are in need um, and couldn't be bothered with the administration. I think they were more concerned with the political fallout. Uh, than they were about the people on the ground. And and I've seen that this president cares about our warfighters. You know, when Eddie Gallagher was wrongfully imprisoned, you know, he took divisive action. Uh, When our service members are overseas and things need to occur, which again, some of these things I I really can't talk about in the specifics, uh, you know, he will take very quick and advice of action as opposed to getting a board of political minded individuals with no real military background to explain the ramifications of uh, you know hitting a target in a and taking out bin Laden you know, probably could have done been done much earlier uh, but when politics drive all your decision making uh, military members become political pawns
0: yeah. So one of the things that, uh, so watching the actual debates, one of the things that really struck me is that uh, I didn't understand, and, and I guess it's maybe it's uh, you know, trying to get more viewers and, you know, the whole getting more clicks thing is that, you know, they could have very easily turned off the microphone. So if I was the host, right, for, of that debate, then I would have said, okay, it's your turn and then turned off the microphone yeah. to the other person. Instead, they allowed both people to... of like fight it out and of course trump being the aggressive you know guy that he is which is honestly the non-politician aggressive guy that he is that's a lot of why he got elected people don't want that uh but you know you got to see maybe a little more than people were wanting or or maybe that he even should have towards the end right whoever
1: controls the media allowed that
0: yeah and they allowed more of that going on you could have been very easy to say okay Two minutes, turn off the mic. Yep. Two minutes, turn off the mic, and it would have changed the dynamics of things quite quite a bit. Trump could have still said it wrong and all his other yeah, stuff, he but he, he just be. wouldn't have heard it, right? And uh, and that was interesting that that uh, you know Chris Wallace would say no, stop, stop, but it just kept
1: going. Right, yeah. kind of let it go. What do you think, Tyler? Uh oh, disappeared. Do we lose Tyler, guys? Uh oh. Hold on, Tyler. We're trying to bring you back.
0: No, Johnny. What happened?
1: He went through a black hole, yeah. singularity. It's gone. It's been Hillary. Wait, hold on. Hold oh, on. he said the wrong thing. He got taken out.
0: <laughs> 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 Shit, we lost
1: Tyler for good.
0: Uh, I'm sure he's <laughs> coming back in a second. Um, so, that, that, I mean, that's that is something that you you notice too, where it's like, what's the point of this? To make you know, him look why? like an asshole. <laughs> to make them all, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I mean, he honestly, was, he was, he, you know, the one thing people say is that Trump's a bully, right? And it made him look like one because if you don't turn off the mic, he can't help himself. Yeah, it's because okay. he's
1: he's got an ego. I mean, I'm not sick and he's on everybody's watching. So, you know, he probably felt like the need to have to go in on him.
0: Oh, hello. Who are you? Oh. <laughs> it's Tyler with long hair. Uh, maybe that side of the camera doesn't work. It's Tina. Um, so anyway. Um, that was something that I noticed. And I think that was, that was very trans, you know, informational, transparent, where
1: it's like, well, what's the agenda of this thing, you know? Well, yeah. Cause this thing, nobody, cause again, I don't really care about politics. I care uh, about policy because yeah. that's, what's important, right? Like, 100%, yeah. um, and there really wasn't any talk about policy and like no, what Tyler they're... mentioned
0: about COVID and, and things,
1: you know, what's really important in this country right now. We didn't really get down to any of those topics. No, I just, they, it
2: almost like it was intentional to let them fight. Yeah. There you go. He's back. We got this back, so kind of just like the president, I'm going to take decisive action tomorrow, and my team will never leave until this is fixed. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so we'll right. Again, and and again, I am a nice guy. I get along with most everyone, but when it comes down to it, you know, I I'm also a leader and I'm also a boss, and I think Donald Trump is more of a CEO and a boss, uh, and it's hard when he listens to a bunch of uh, crap coming out of the mouth of someone right across them when they ask very specific poignant questions. Are you going to stack the court? Are you going to uh, get rid of a filibuster? Uh, Are you going to make fundamental changes to our government? And when you are asked that question and your opponent is shuffling through his note cards and waiting for someone to talk in his ear and he gets flustered and then he just says, you just need to vote for me. And you hear Donald Trump in the background saying he's not going to answer the question. He's not going to answer it. He's not going to answer it because right or wrong. If you ask Donald Trump a question, he's going to answer it. Uh, And you may not like what comes out of his mouth, but at least you know exactly where he stands. Are you going to build a wall? Yes. Are you going to uh, increase funding for the military? Are you going to allow the defunding of the police? He'll tell you very clearly where he stands. And I think that's what most educated Americans want to know is, if I'm going to vote for you, what is your plan? Uh, and and the fact that the other party says that he has no plan, he's not acting on a plan. He's made incredible changes in a short period of time. And the individuals underneath him, the ones that I know and I I talk with on a regular basis. I I, I sat with Senator Perdue, Ranking Member, of Senate Armed Services Committee on Monday, uh, and we've had lengthy discussions about what has already occurred and what is going to occur uh, in the DoD, in PPE production, and you know many other policies and. This is a very engaged president you know all they talk about is him on the golf course but you and i both know as business people where does most business occur it doesn't occur in conference rooms it occurs on a golf course it occurs uh, at a 5k 10k or at a you know baseball game i'm not watching games i'm talking to other business people like yourself um, so i think that most educated americans will go and say that He has a plan, he's executed on a plan, and I'm I'm I I fully understand where he stands on the issues. I'm super concerned that a individual who could become the next president of the United States is unwilling to explain what he is going to do when he assumes control. That scares me.
0: Yeah. No, I I uh, I mean I agree. I think that it was, you know, the 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 whole actual debate, and I'm sure there's you know, hopefully, unless something comes up, which you know, hopefully, nothing comes up. There'll be another one, and uh, I think that uh, in Miami, which i better be at. I mean, once you're trying'll sure figure out a way to get there.
2: I'm Jealous of Tyler. I mean, again, helicopter. What's that? <laughs> helicopter. You just land on the roof. You do it one time. <laughs> Jesus. Fast rope in. And
0: I'm going helicopter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to the top. Nobody will, nobody'll will be like upset, right, Tyler? If we land at
2: the top of the the stadium there and just. I know when I did presidential security when he was in foreign countries, we were totally okay with it. Cool. So it should be fine. Like I said, you can do anything once.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll fast for. I'll fast for. You'll teach me how to fast rope him. I'll fast rope him. Kind of like bum rush my way in, and then I'll just get the best seat in the house. Right.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right? Nobody'll hear. Yeah. So that's the plan. That's just the plan. next to the podium. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, he won't. I mean, you know. Um, so um, you know. The 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 end result of this thing was there's a lot of controversy. Obviously, there's a lot of people that were kind of confused. And, and then obviously people that already made their decision just cemented their decision. They already made basically. And, and I was hoping that things would be uh, more up in the air where people would go, wow, that made me think differently. Unfortunately, that definitely in my opinion, I don't think that happened this time around. I think it was kind of like whatever you thought you're going to think and uh, and Joe Biden did do I have to give him credit he had some answers rehearsed, or whether it was some answers in his headphone, you know, earphone, whatever he had going on. Uh, and, and he looked at the camera, he broke the third wall, he looked right at goes, you out there. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and you know what, I think it worked, I think it worked uh, to the people that he already appealed to. And, and uh, I was, you know, hoping it would be different. And, and I guess we'll see how it goes here in Miami, Florida, uh, you know, about uh, 45 minutes. South of where we are now. So Tyler, um I want to ask you about you. Do you have anything else to say about what I just said, or you want to move on? Let's move on to you.
2: Oh man, I could talk about this all day long, but I, 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 I personally don't enjoy talking about me. I uh, love, I'll talk about you all day long. No, but no, if you got any questions
0: no, for me, you're you're uh, on show, they, they hear me at this 20 20 shows we've talked about me
1: I just know, want to talk uh, about Joe Biden looking like Mason Verger from Hannibal. Yeah. Like <laughs> right, Mason Verger. Do you know Mason Verger? Pull up a picture, Johnny. Well, Johnny's <laughs> going to show you Mason Verger. Johnny, quickly. Quickly, Johnny.
0: You heard what he said about keeping them there until they figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> this um, happens weekly. <laughs> in, in the meantime, Johnny's pulling up Mason Verger. Mason That's Verger good. from Hannibal. No, he's going to beat you, too. He better beat you, too. Here he comes. Here he comes. Tell me. Here's Mason Verger. Pick us a good picture, Johnny. That's not the good picture. No.
1: No. no. So, like that one in bed. That one
0: right there in bed. Up. No. Up, up. That one's pretty good. There you go. Yeah, there he is. Right that one, Johnny, yeah. That one, that one, with him leaning back sideways, it, there he is. It's Joe Biden. It's Mason Berger. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so, um, Tyler, let's talk about you for a minute.
2: <laughs> Sounds good, brother. How
0: did you even know? When did you know you wanted to be in the military? So, I guess we should ask. We should preface this, right, by saying you're a helicopter pilot. Yes. What you doing as a helicopter pilot? You didn't start off as helicopter pilot. You went to
2: the academy initially, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I went to West Point. In fact, my recruiter told me if he could get me in, he could get anyone. And that that, kind of hurt my feelings. But uh, he was able to successfully convince them to let me go, despite maybe having a little bit of a troubled youth. I had the opportunity to go to uh, that school, which is a great place to be from, not necessarily at. Uh, you know, graduated, uh, decent enough to go to flight school. I and
0: didn't ask about West Point. Let me ask you for a minute. So I, I know nothing. I have mean, obviously never been there or anything. Even we we're supposed to go for an event. Yeah, uh, was, uh, what was that called? The bonfire. The, yeah.
2: Uh, Army Navy, Navy. Yeah. we'll
0: next time we're going, but especially if you're going to go, if you'll go with me, I'll, we'll go for sure. We throw the
2: largest tailgate at Army Navy. Just saying it's me, Barstool Sports and a bunch of other people. It's a lot of fun. So we're, going. we're invited. So what you're saying.
0: Um, but, um, but. I, uh, we didn't end up going, but I've, you know, I've, I've seen and watched and read about West Point Point. West Point doesn't seem like a very fun place to go to college. Seems pretty, pretty hardcore. Was that your experience?
2: Yeah. Very perceptive. Uh, not fun (laughs) at all. Uh, but you know, I met some of the greatest humans, uh, in in the world that are still my best friends, you know, that still interact with me on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, it, through all of that, the trials and tribulations of, of uh, you know, academics and sports and, you know, the military training, uh, you get to see what you're made of, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, and, and it prepares you for going into the service. You know, I think I was much more prepared than my ROTC uh, brothers, but, you know, that's that's my opinion. Um, and, and it set me up for going to flight school uh, and it gave me the the skill set to, you know, excel. At flight school so i was able to pick the aircraft of my choice at the time i was young dumb and full of stuff as the term <laughs> uh right. ready to just get after it and you know i, I joined right after 9 11 and i just wanted to be on the first thing smoking overseas and i uh hopped into a flying tank known as a ah64 apache and got to go and um you know put all of that training to use and my first deployment was over a year. Uh my first day of my first mission was a you know very kinetic engagement with bad guys trying to take out good guys shooting machine guns at my aircraft and me being able to take uh quick action uh and, and fire back. Actually my, my ring says ready fire aim. He blew aim. them all and, away. Uh, yeah, he blew them all away. Yes. Gotta yeah. wait for it. No, they it's they didn't live. Uh they're bad though. And <laughs> they had suicide vests and running at our helicopters and our guys and you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I hope to God, my children never have to experience war because war is absolute hell. There's nothing to joke around about, uh, you know, what people have to go through and, and taking someone's life it does take a toll on your soul, you know, and especially when you do it many times, Yeah, uh, yeah you know, it, it, it starts to kind of eat away at you. And I'll be the first person to admit, you know, I, I have a hard time sleeping and I go see therapists and I, you know, have a, support dog that's sitting by my side right here. Um, you know, But we need to be able to talk about those things because you asked the same small group of people to go and fight our nation's war. And then within that small group, there's an even smaller group. You know, I, I was fortunate to be able to assess and go to the 160th the Special Operations Aviation Regiment, SOAR, Night Stalkers, uh, incredible organization. But again, that's that's where you're have an even smaller group of individuals going and doing the majority of the the, the craziness. Uh, and after you know a while, it, it it takes a toll on you physically. I was medically retired. Uh, you know, I've got a few issues from the military, but I wouldn't give up a day. You know, I enjoyed every second. Uh, that first deployment really uh, took a lot out of me. Uh, you know, I, I think I went there at about 180 pounds. I was, you know, wrestler, I played rugby, I was in great shape. I came back like 135 pounds. You know, I was seven days a week. I didn't see the sun. I only was up at night all the time. So the sun was kind of a change coming home. Uh, you know, but that that's what people go through. Uh, I think that the, the whole purpose of my organization, you know, Nine Line is to try to bridge the gap between those who serve and those who didn't and try to, you know, create a sense of patriotism uh, by educating individuals of what our first responders and our military members go through and then obviously giving back to the community. We've got our big 5K, 10K event this weekend. We'll have our, our guys that we've built houses for their, you know, missing limbs uh, come in and, and we'll have a, a, a great weekend. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. I have all of my fingers and toes uh, and there's a lot of people that don't and I think we need to pay homage for those individuals who gave the ultimate sacrifice or sacrificed much more than I did. Um, and and that's, that's kind of the tenets of my company. It's, it's to uh, try to celebrate and honor those who've paid the ultimate sacrifice and try to give back and try to really encourage a, a, an honest and open d- discourse within the country about what is patriotism. Because it's not racism. Patriotism is you know, taking care of your fellow countrymen. You know, it, it's it's about doing uh, what you can to help others. If you have the means to give monetarily or if you have the time to go and help build you know, tiny homes like like we do here, you know, try to give back. Uh, it, it means a lot. And it sets the example for your children. It sets the example for your community. And that, that's everything I learned. And I, and I hate saying it. I hate giving West Point all this credit. But, you know, that, that duty on our country, it, 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 they do ingrain it in you. Uh, and, and it becomes more than just a mantra, it becomes a way of life. And um, I, I think that West Point set me on a really good path because I know a lot of the people I hung out with in high school are dead or in jail or you know, living in their parents' basement. And you know, I've been fortunate enough to serve with the greatest human beings in the world. Uh, I get to interact with people like yourself uh, on a daily basis who I thoroughly enjoy intellectual conversations. Um, and, and I'm essentially living that, that American dream because of it. Um, so I, I, definitely owe a lot to the military. You know, I feel like I've, I've uh, given a lot, but I've, I've, uh, taken a lot as well. Well, if, uh,
0: if people don't know, uh, Tyler in nine line does a tremendous amount, uh, for all kinds of, uh, of charities, foundations, and they have their own, they, they, they do a lot. And so. For me per, personally for redcon me and eric you know we when i remember when we first you know got involved and started talking with you and and got to know you that was something that really resonated with me it's you know look ultimately there's a there's a, there's a lot of people you know not not tremendous now there's a lot of people doing well in life selling cool stuff cool shit, making money but there's not isn't there's nowhere near as many unfortunately people that are doing that and also figuring out a reason to be more than just making money and selling cool shit. And, uh, and really, that's what it's all about good doing good things and helping people is what it's about making money and selling cool shit. That's awesome. But like, that's nowhere near as awesome as doing that and figuring out a way to help people in, in, the, in the meantime. And, and so you are a great example for a lot of companies out there that want to um, be successful, but you should also try to figure out how you can make an impact to some community, maybe it won't be. So we're, we're focused on military families and stuff. And I know that's your, obviously your main, your, your, your main driver. Uh, but that doesn't, somebody could do, you could do something else for all kinds of other good purposes, but if you're just doing it to make money and that's it, well, that's okay. I would never fault anybody for that. The, the real purpose, I hope for people that are, that are entrepreneurial and also see the, the purpose in life is that you should also be doing good things for people, other people, not just yourself. Uh, otherwise, you know, nobody ever says, and this is something people have heard a million times, but when you're on your, your deathbed, you're never saying, I wish I had more money. Nobody ever says that.
1: I wish I had more time.
0: Uh, yeah, 100% or, or I wish I did something for other yeah. people. I wish I could say that I helped more people. Um, nobody ever says, man, I wish I had more cool shit because I'm dying. You know, it doesn't work like that. And Nine Line and, uh, and Tyler have, done, have definitely done that. Um, I have to ask. Now that I've had a little bit of experience, tiny, tiny fraction, why helicopters?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always been fascinated, but with aviation, flight, uh, outer space, anything science and math, you know, obviously, uh, COVID took me in a direction of, you know, building N95 variant masks. I, I, I like nerdy things. Uh, yeah, aircraft are about as nerdy as you can get when you really break it down into this aircraft should not be flying, you know, from the physics of nature. Uh, it, it's not something that uh, you would look at and say, oh, that looks just like a bird. Uh, it, but it does. And it has a uh, very unique mission set. You know, I, I was always enthralled with watching these gunships come and help people on the ground. And uh, you watch the, the movies of people calling for help and you see these aircraft come in and, you know, all of a sudden things get quiet and they can, uh, you know, protect the guys on the ground. And, you know, it, it, it's, it gives you that sense of purpose. Uh, and, I, and I remember listening to those first radio calls of desperation, uh, people being overrun and people being, you know, uh, uh, needing help and being able to come in and provide that help, and, uh, you know, lay down some steel rain and, and, or, uh, you know, as a, as a Kasavac guy being able to pull people off the battlefield, you know, that are injured. It, it's there, there's really uh, nothing greater than I'd ever wanted to do was to fly, uh, specifically fly helicopters. And you've had the awesome experience of being able to fly one recently. I just uh, took one last weekend, uh, borrowed one from a friend, uh didn't really tell him what I was using it for. Actually, you know, you, you know, the same person. Yeah. Uh and then you know, attached a ladder to the side of it, flew it sideways down my river with the, uh, my buddy water skiing behind it just because, you know, you can, and then jumped them over my house uh for fun. <laughs> you can't do that with an airplane. Uh you can't do that with many things. You probably shouldn't do that with a helicopter, but they're very versatile. Uh they're a lot of fun. My children love them. I mean uh I feel like everyone should have one if you know So we're, we're trying
0: to build you a helipad on the yeah, roof we're working so. on this right now we have engineer working we're going to work on that so
2: if you build I will yeah I will
1: build
0: it mm-hmm. so, All right so we uh so we we have 50 what is it 50 ton? No, no 10,
1: uh, 15 ton.
0: 15 ton um AC units on the roof and so when I flew over it with the helicopter uh Darren who is the pilot said dude if you could put 15 ton ac units all over the roof you can you can land a helicopter we'll get an engineer
1: out here and you'll you'll we'll map it out you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball we told you can <laughs> <He didn't> exactly
2: <laughs> say that but yeah. it does not always work but after you get the first pilot to land on that roof i will be the second one uh you'll go number one <laughs> no, go, no right? there's 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 a old pilot, old pilot. but there's there's no old bold pilots i i got a lot of friends whenever they're like Check this shit out. I immediately take the controls. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm I'd like to live a long life, a little bit longer. With that with
0: that, with that in mind, Night Stalkers. So you, you mentioned obviously that's that's you know, who you're with and and uh, who you are. Um Night Stalker's mission is unique, right? It's not the same as a lot of helicopter pilots in uh in the military. What is the specific mission of Night Stalkers?
2: Well, our mantra is anywhere in the world, plus or minus thirty seconds. The idea is precision. Uh, you when you talk about funding, right? Defund the police. Uh, imagine defunding you know, helicopter training. You're going to have really not great, uh, proficient pilots, right? So, in the military, SOCOM has a large budget, and of that budget, the majority of it goes to the one sixtieth. It, it is uh, the premier, uh, aviation unit in the world. Uh, and, and when you say you train, as you fight, you know, at my, uh, last few years in the unit, we, we lost lots of helicopters in training, uh, overseas, um, and, and we push things to the limits. So when I say that I, I do things within the confines of, you know, what we call risk assessment, right? Uh, we need you to go to a foreign country that you're not supposed to be in with bearded men and go kill Osama bin Laden. That's very risky. Uh, and everything is calculated down to, uh, a precision that I, I couldn't really fully explain here, but it's, you know, a, a temperature change by five degrees, pressure altitude change by 500 feet. It, it's, it's, um it's a level of planning where, you know, the percentage of error is so small, that if your calculations are slightly off, then aircraft crash and people die. So we take every second to plan. Uh, If you give us five minutes, then that's what we have. And we'll go off of our training. And I've had to do impromptu missions where, you know, it's I got a Delta unit that needs to go daytime infill on MSR Tampa right outside Baghdad and pull a really bad person off of a plane. and I've got no air support, you know, as a commander, make a decision well, the risk is worth the reward. Let's go. Um, you know, but there's consequences to those decisions and that, that risk. And, 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 uh, my brothers, uh, out there and now sisters, you know, I left before we had the first female, but you know, they're there now, um, you know, they're willing and able to take that risk day in and day out. And I remember going on some of these just training exercises where air force won't go, they won't launch coast guard won't launch Navy won't launch. You know, regular army said absolutely not. Weather's atrocious. We're like, we'll go, train as we fight. We can we can take off in zero zero. We can fly in uh, conditions that most organizations require. You know, three star generals to approve, and I'm a captain approving these missions. Uh, so the 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 level of decentralization. You know, go to South America and go find bad narco terrorists your suitcase full of cash and your assets, go make it happen, captain or go to UAE and go to Afghanistan and go to wherever they give you a end state. They give you the confines, which is, you know, the law of armed conflicts, so have rules of war for a specific area. And they say execute. Um, and, and that's, that's a level of precision that I, uh, you know, Always wanted to get to, always aspired to get into the unit to assess. And then when I got the unit, you know, you want to make sure you stay there and stay proficient. And um, it's it's something I had an honor and privilege to be part of. Uh, If I could do anything in the world right now, I, I wish I could still be doing that. It was a lot of fun, even though you get phone calls at three in the morning and you get to kiss your wife and your kids goodbye. And they have no idea if you're coming back in a week, a month, a year. Um, so it, it puts an incredible strain on family, uh, puts an incredible strain on you physically and mentally. Uh, but you, you really do test yourself and you get to work with some incredible humans like Eddie Gallagher. Um, and and it, and it makes it worthwhile and it, and it makes you reflect back when, you know, I'm complaining about, uh, you know, I've been up for the last couple of days. I think I've had two, three hours of sleep. You know, we're, we're very busy right now, um, but it, it trains you for that. You know, there, there's no situation that I'm ever in where I think, you know, I just need to give up. There's no such thing as giving up. It's uh, adapt and overcome. Uh, we lost one aircraft. We lost you know, another aircraft. We've got these scenarios going on. Uh, you, you can't give up. You just keep driving on and you take, you know, what, how do you say you eat the elephant one bite at a time? Uh, it's essentially what, what you do in these operations. Cause nothing ever goes according to plan, but because you have such dynamic, intelligent, uh, uh humans that it, you can still accomplish the mission.
0: Tellers is, is can you fly everything or did they just train you specifically for helicopters or are you pretty much proficient in every kind of uh, part of aviation?
2: I've flown several different aircraft uh, and different models, uh, rotary wing, mostly rotary, wing, so helicopters. Um, but I, I'm also a fixed wing pilot. Yeah, that's that's my hobby and working on my seaplane, working on some of my uh, aerobatic endorsements. Uh, but it gets much more expensive as a hobby when the government's not paying for your fuel. Uh, I guess so. I don't go as much
0: but 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 realistically, like how much different is it? Well, you know how to do what you, what you know how to do and you get inside of a like a, a g4 or g5 or something is it is it that much different is it something where you like couldn't figure it out
2: i would say in, in forward flight they're very similar you know characteristics uh you know left right backward. Uh, but in the landing which is the most important part you know, you got a option to take <laughs> off in a mandatory landing um they're Very different, yeah. Airplanes are, in my opinion, much easier to take off landing and in in flight. Helicopters, there's so many moving parts and the emergency procedures, you know, if, I don't know, many pilots in my unit that have never experienced uh, dealing with a real emergency procedure, it could be, you know, aircraft fire or, uh, you know, malfunction of an engine. um, There's much more complexity and, and, and you really have to understand the aircraft um, and aerodynamics and uh, so many different um, engineering aspects of that aircraft so that you can respond appropriately. And everything happens a lot quicker. So if your engines go out in a helicopter, you're at a one-to-one glide ratio, which is not good. I mean, you're just coming down. It's called auto-rotate, you got one chance at, at the end of this very complex maneuver called a uh, auto rotation or j-shaped d cell and you have one time to pull in your collective uh which is you know the thing that changes the angle of attack of a of a uh, rotor system again I'm, i try to not make it geek geeky but it, it's hard to explain how much more complicated it is without going into you know aerodynamics um it's just more difficult in a helicopter it's i mean I've, I've been in both and it does seem more
0: difficult like if there's a problem it's not so good if you're in a helicopter because it's a big piece of machinery that just kind of falls pretty much goes right? against all laws of physics yeah i mean right. it's, that's it yeah so but so much with fun mind, with that in
2: mind have you ever crashed before yes <laughs> tell us about the crash when he was water skiing, <laughs> yeah. water skiing. um you know c- call like less than optimal landings
0: I always like when you say that because it makes me it reminds me that I don't want to fly with you when you say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, always I mean, walk away. You know, he goes,
0: it's been a, I had a few less than optimal
2: landings, like. Sounds like a guy.
0: sounds like a guy who's had a few things like that happen.
2: Now they call you it, to piss and bleed. So if you have an aircraft incident that causes damage, they have to go and make sure that you know you weren't baked off your mind or drunk. Uh, which I've only drunk one time by accident. Overseas, <laughs> and I, I know, uh, And I didn't, wasn't on the controls on the way back, but that was a lot of fun flying Baghdad kind of hammered. Uh, <laughs>
0: Are you allowed to say that, Tyler? Should we oh, do I don't it? care oh. at this
2: point. I mean, we're, I'll probably get put in prison like Eddie Gallagher for some reason.
0: Uh, Listen, if you need any help, I'll tell him you were obviously drunk during the interview. And you, you know what? You Here we do.
2: Hypothetically, days. if I just finished this mission with Delta Force and we land in a fob that I'm not gonna name in Baghdad after a successful mission and they had this thing that said Irish coffee and I'd been up all night and all day. And I like coffee and I'm Irish and I start drinking it during a debrief. I'm like, man, this tastes just like Irish coffee. And then like my third one in, the commander's like, you guys aren't flying back to, you know, your base, are you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like <laughs> you have to be drunk. I'm like, what? That's real. Uh, so I had to have my, my, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize that they had like in their team room, actual liquor. i have never drank on deployed, you know, not on purpose. Uh, it was, it was an accident. Uh, that flight back was I didn't touch the controls, but it was fun daytime over Baghdad at like 50 feet going 150 miles an hour. It was fun. But I didn't crash that time. I want I want
0: to hear one crash story where it was like scary for you. What was the scariest?
2: Well, I, I maybe this should be maybe it's it's like a two parter. Yeah, maybe it is. So um, a really fun day. My last geez. my last flight in Iraq. So never say this out loud when you're like, hey, this is my last flight in Iraq flying Apaches. So I was like, this is I'm excited, and I had a new PI who's an awesome pilot now, but who's new at the time. Uh, just came from flight school and I was a pilot in command, you know, young lieutenant. But at that time I had racked up a thousand hours. I was flying eight hours a day, every day, uh, which is unheard of. You know, most people, my, my Colonel at the time he was an absolute jackass. you know, was like the office, but worse because he was in charge of our lives. Uh, it, it, he had maybe 1,000, 1,500 hours his entire career. And he's a Colonel. And I, you know, was a Lieutenant with over a thousand hours at that time, because uh, that's, we we're just flying so much. And, uh, these aircraft were taking a beating and we we're always telling them like, Hey, you know, we have to explain to you, like, I'm only allowed to fly legally this amount and the aircraft need to be maintained. And eventually, you know, you exhaust pilots and you exhaust aircraft and things bad, bad things happen uh and my last flight i was joking around saying i'm so excited and there was a an, uh, some people that needed our help so we go to take off quickly and um as i got outside the perimeter my rtru uh, which is you know electrical components caught fire so there's smoke in the cockpit couldn't really talk on the radio and have to go and you know put it down pretty quickly so i could you know not burn uh, and slammed it down, front seater jumps out. I slam myself out, land on my back from very high up wearing lots of ammo and weapons and stuff, and then roll over and just go straight to the next aircraft because uh, we still need to go and hop in, crank up, take off, uh, and have an issue with an engine, have to come back and, you know, land, uh, and then go to take off a third aircraft and get caught into uh, what's called a, like a sandstorm, a Shamal, which these aircraft aren't really equipped to be instrument rated. So it was not fun. Uh, And that was in one day. So
0: Was that that the scariest one of all time?
2: That was definitely, I pooped myself, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a Tuesday around here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We do that all the time we no there there's been scarier incidents you know with uh people shooting at you and stuff but aircraft malfunctions they're they'll it's that pucker factor you're <laughs> like oh and it, it's sometimes you know things that you i have gotten aware you know braces of buddies that you know are not with us and uh you watch what they did and you see what occurred and you're like i would have done the same thing and you know some of these complete malfunctions and failures uh, there's nothing you can do. There's not recoverable. And when, when an aircraft fails you and then the pieces start coming apart with this one, I'm talking about is because the manufacturer skimped out on materials to save some money and actually went to jail because it killed people. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's what occurs. It's a contract, right? Between pilot and machinery. You know, you're responsible to know every aspect that you know drop of oil goes through the engine transmission how everything works you know I, i have to know how every aspect of the aircraft works uh from mechanical to aerodynamics to uh you name it electrical so when something occurs i can react appropriately and i memorize the emergency procedures and i know the the numbers you know by heart of of uh you know indicators if something's starting to go wrong uh, that's my contract with the aircraft, but if the aircraft just utterly comes apart or it gets shot, uh, it's, it's, you know, yeah. Pray.
0: So, so Tyler, we're gonna, we're gonna let you run. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show and, uh, appreciate you being, you know, a friend of mine and a friend of, uh, of the brand Eric's and, and being, uh, uh, you know, we're kind of like, uh, partners together. We make products with uh nine line the shirts that are popular and they sell whatever, our products and they sell our products and, and and we're going to we're going to Savannah real soon. So I heard that today. Yeah, we're going to Savannah real soon. So are we, we didn't even know that but we're going
1: real soon. Yeah we uh, we have to, a to surprise him at his house. We have to come see the employee of the year Matt Lida. So yeah Matt
2: is gonna be seeing You you just made a guy whose head is already like this big just that much nice. <laughs> Actually, Matt and I were watching a debate and texting between him, me, and Undertaker about which um, island we were going to buy and move to after um, Biden becomes president. If he does, I really hope he doesn't. No offense to anyone who is a doctor.
0: <laughs> well, that Well, let's hope none of that happens and nobody has to move anywhere. And we'll uh, you'll be able to stay at your lighthouse and we'll be able to stay here in Boca Raton and everything will be okay. Um, well, they're but, gonna buy Epstein Island. Oh,
2: Epstein oh, yeah. Island Epstein looks very yeah. nice. Honestly, I saw a video. <laughs> Too many. I want to go there. there. that's not a. It's. I hear it's cheap. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. It's a deal, bro. It's yeah. a deal. Yeah. Well, is going under. You know, everyone likes a deal,
2: and you can land a helicopter there. I think I thought Clinton was gonna buy it though. I thought. Uh, he, I think he may. He's to been bury there so many, all of his secrets. <laughs> he's been there so many
0: times though. He's. Like, I, I've been there. We going to buy that for. I've been there so many times. So. Anyway, <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. We're gonna have you back on in the near future. One of the things we do on the show is uh, every you know, maybe it's more like five or six shows now. It's, yeah, four, it's been a while. Uh, we do a, a panel show where we try to have people that have different opinions on stuff, um, you know. And I would love to have you on a show like that where you can come on and, and uh, give your opinion, and hopefully we'll have an intelligent conversation. Unlike you know, what we talked about in the beginning, the debate, an intelligent conversation where everybody can give their voice, their own opinions and people can make their own judgments.
2: That, that's my favorite. I love being uh, educated. You know what? I always come in and think that, uh, you know, I do have a, a good amount of information. And a lot of times I leave educated and sometimes my opinions change. It's this weird thing called democracy where we can have conversations and encourage people to uh, open their their mind to other people's opinions. Yes. I mean, I
0: completely, we both completely agree with that. And I think that that is definitely something that, uh, that, you know, ultimately you should want to hear. I like hearing other people's opinions. I have no problem disagreeing with people. I like to hear people that have different opinions than mine because it does make me re-examine my opinion. And, uh, it's very unusual for me to change my opinion, but I can, I'm willing to do that. And I think that that's what you need to be. You need to be open to hear other people's opinions. You don't want to hear somebody that differs with you that's probably
2: something you need to examine in yourself right Tyler when they when they just talk louder it really changes my opinion and when they yell and threaten uh that that, <laughs> help, that helps me, move me towards agreeing with them uh it, it's it's weird how that works but it is funny when I do get uh yelled at and I, I challenge someone uh in in their opinion uh and we have this cordial of bib, like I, it doesn't change I, my ex-girlfriend was extremely uh, opposite a pain of mine and i loved having conversations with that person and i always encourage them hey you know what we should do we should go take a trip to any communist or theocratic based government and like, system or country and and try to have that same debate just let me know how it works out because i'm not going to join you on that <laughs> go prison. Yeah. Uh, uh, but- if people want to check out all your stuff uh her where do they go? I already know, but where do they go? Yeah, 9lineapparel.com is a good place to start. Uh, we don't really have a lot of our foundation stuff on there that you mentioned. It's not something that we utilize on our, on our page to kind of say, look at me. But if you are interested in learning about our foundation, our foundation initiatives, you can go to 9linefoundation.org. Uh, and see kind of our past projects, our current initiatives. Uh, and we're always looking for volunteers. We, we're a 100% volunteer organization. Every dollar that is donated goes directly towards the initiative, such as building houses for wounded veterans or homeless veterans. Uh, no employees are paid. No uh, private planes, no crazy extravagant trips and parties. Uh, so our 990s are published and we're very proud of our accomplishments and putting donor dollars to work um, because I, I hated watching my money being squandered by organizations. 100% agree. Tyler,
0: thank you so much for being on the show. We'll be back very soon and we'll be seeing you. We'll i see, see him before it. he comes back. He won't even know we're coming, coming tomorrow. Right?
2: Oh. You guys are always welcome.
0: <laughs> Maybe not tomorrow, but very, very soon. Tyler, Thank you for thank you for being on the show. We're going to do a commercial break, and when we come right back, we'll be with Sage Northcutt. It's going to be good. The wheel deal is back. This weekend, spin the wheel for a chance to earn savings of 30, 40, 50, even 100% off your entire order. That's right. There's even a chance you can get your order for free. It's easy. Just spin the wheel for instant savings. Your code will be generated immediately for use at checkout. And guess what? We're giving you a chance to save so much more. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, when you spend $50 after your discount, you'll receive an exclusive gray Modern Warfare long sleeve tee for free. Spend $80 and we'll throw in a two-pound bottle of our popular meal replacement powder MRE Lite. Choose between our oatmeal chocolate chip or blueberry cobbler flavors. If you take it up a notch and spend $200 or more, you'll receive free shipping. There's so much to gain and nothing to lose. Try your luck at our wheel and start saving instantly. Visit redcon1.com and shop while
2: supplies last. My name is Ben Galloway. And I'm Matt Saracino. We are the Tier Operator Management Team and we invite you to join the Redcon
1: One family. I joined the Tier Operator Program because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself.
2: Being a Tier Operator is phenomenal. You wanna keep tearing up. You want to work for, yes, the best company in the fitness industry. Redcon One helped me reach my goal, which at the time I didn't even know was a goal. The products work. Like that's, I mean, that's what it is. And I wanna help other people reach their fitness goals using
3: these products.
1: I love that it's like a big family. I really enjoy that we can get together at events like this. And it's like, even though we're thousands of miles apart, It's just like we all know each other like we're neighbors. We're not just out here trying to make sales, we're out here trying to change lives.
2: Apply to be a tier operator today.
0: Do you want to know the secrets the pro gamers use to dominate? War Games, our enhanced gaming nootropic formula, is now available to the public. This professional-grade formula unlocks hyper-focus, enables split-second reaction time, and supports eye health during long gaming sessions. War Games comes in one formula with three great-tasting flavors. Claim your 30-serving War Games right now before it sells out. Limited supply available. Click now to buy. the wheel deal is back this weekend spin the wheel for a chance to earn savings of 30 40 50 even 100 off your entire order that's right there's even a chance you can get your order for free It's easy. Just spin the wheel for instant savings. Your code will be generated immediately for use at checkout. And guess what? We're giving you a chance to save so much more. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, when you spend $50 after your discount, you'll receive an exclusive gray Modern Warfare long sleeve tee for free. Spend $80 and we'll throw in a two-pound bottle of our popular meal replacement powder MRE Light. Choose between our oatmeal chocolate chip or blueberry cobbler flavors. If you take it up a notch and spend $200 or more, you'll receive free shipping. There's so much to gain and nothing to lose. Try your luck at our wheel and start saving instantly. Visit RedCon1.com and shop while supplies last. (laughs) <laughs> At least it was okay. It's okay. Eric, you can whatever you got to do, you got to do, right? I don't know about I don't know about alcohol. I see you got a little. So I can see on the, side of the oh. screen there? Oh, there we go. Oh, no, there's no alcohol there. Never mind. It's apple so, juice. <laughs> it's apple juice. So that was a great segment from Tyler Merritt. I love Tyler. He's a great guy, awesome, awesome businessman, patriot, and uh, I'm very happy to have had him on. I know there was a lot of technical difficulties. If he hung with us during all that, we appreciate it. And uh, shows she's a good guy, it yeah. didn't
1: like get mad or and, you know, yeah. for
0: me, you know, me, I'd hung up right well, away. Yeah, like, like, quit leave,
1: close like the, the thing. zoom I'd call the
0: other 100%. We're like, like, nope, never mind, <laughs> not meant to be 100%. So he stuck with it, and, and, and we had a great time with uh Tyler. Tyler is uh has a lot of great stories to tell, uh, a lot of some of which, and a lot of some of I've heard, and I would love to have him back on. I can't, I can't wait until he comes back on.
1: And and we can talk a, about the details, yeah. And he's got a good nine line's got a great group of people that work there it's mean, really a great do. team. It's, really it's, do. it's very similar to our team, and that's what's nice. You get together with them, and it feels it very similar. It is very similar. Those are guys that that love the brand.
0: There's, so one of the things that's unique about Redcon is you come to Redcon1.com, and you, Redcon1.com, Redcon1
1: in general. It's on the building.
3: Redcon1.com. That's, what, that's <laughs> in my head because I do so many commercials.
0: Redcon1.com. Save today at Redcon1.com. Are you the new micro machine guy? I, I almost them, right? So there's a deal right now. Save today at Redcon1.com for supplies right now. <laughs> so uh there oh look he's up. Uh, wow, good job Johnny. Johnny's you know, getting there. Spin the wheel. See, he's, trying, he's trying to get extra credit. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that's right. This is the deal that's on right now. Actually we started this deal. Deal was supposed to start uh tonight at midnight, but uh Johnny decided Let's go ahead and start it right now. You know, I mean, he throws caution to the wind. He's Way like, to go. Whatever styles he he basically said he literally goes fuck it and then press the button. And he goes, I turned you the car on. Him whisper, fuck Aaron. fuck Aaron, fuck Aaron. I think yeah, that's what he said. No,
1: he said fuck Aaron. I'm running this deal. Yeah, <sighs> Johnny, always teasing me, always giving <sighs> me shit. All these years of years of friendship, awesome. uh, and then he lit up his Air Mag shoes and was like, fuck oh you too. All right, well, <laughs> it's what it is. I can't, you know, sign <laughs> at this point. God, he's- um
0: so uh so anyway, that being said, I'm very excited to have on. So Sage Northcutt is a is an athlete for Redcon One. We announced him on, on the show like what a couple, a couple months ago? ago yeah. Or so. yeah, he was in his truck, when we yeah, we yeah, he was in his truck, he was just finishing training, and we did a mini-mini interview with Sage. And uh and actually the first question I asked him then, I'm I'm gonna reiterate it now, I'm gonna ask it in more detail because we had to move forward and now we have a little more time with Sage. So please let me welcome to the show. Hopefully everybody's excited. There he is. Sage. What's up, guys? As <laughs>
3: shredded as ever, Sage. Are you dieting or what's going on, man? No, just eating lots of food, drinking lots of protein, staying in shape. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to look like you guys.
0: I <laughs> know uh, you're you're a little you're a little leaner than us. I'm working on it, but you're a little
1: leaner. <laughs> it's because he's watching Murder She Wrote in the background. Is, fucking-
0: is that, that what
3: is? that
1: <laughs> is? Girls are designing women. What, <laughs> what do you got on there, buddy? No, I have no idea. <laughs> So, so,
0: Stage, are you dieting all the time or is this like just you got a very fast metabolism?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, I always eat clean for one thing, but I probably do have a really fast metabolism just because like the amount of cardio I do. Um, it's kind of kind of kind of crazy, I guess, if you think about it. I go running on like a normal day. I might run like three or four miles, um, pretty, pretty high pace. Then like maybe two or three times a week, I'm out doing sprints. But the, but the real cardio comes from like wrestling every single day, jiu-jitsu, and then sparring. So I think it speeds my metabolism up quite a bit. Oh, I would I would imagine if you're
0: doing that yep. cardio. So you, you're thinking you do like a, an hour or two of cardio or how much is the wrestling? How much, much minute-wise, minute like length?
3: Oh man, normally, okay. So normally like, like basically like a daily practice might go, I might train like an hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half to two hours, um, for about an hour or so you're drilling technique. And then towards the end of practice, you're getting like either 30 minutes or an hour of like uh, high-intensity drills, or you're going like full speed, uh, like live goes. So, like maybe like an hour in the morning, then like in the middle of the day, I'm working out doing my strength and conditioning. So, I would say about another hour of cardio and strength training, and then at nighttime you might be doing some boxing and stuff, and that's some serious cardio too. So, it depends. An average day, I would say maybe like two, two and a half, maybe three hours of cardio. It's it's quite a bit. It's it's not like you're- <laughs> Like five. Yeah, that's like hard, four or five. Yeah, that's like four or five. Do you do you think
0: Sage that it reduces your ability to gain more lean muscle tissue? I mean, are, are you at a point where you you have to eat like force force food to, to keep weight on?
3: Definitely, I feel like so. Like it's it, it sounds kind of crazy. Like getting up close to a fight, um, I'm training super intense, of course. If I measured the amount of food I eat per day, and also not, like including the protein shakes and stuff. I'm I'm eating about like eight to 10 pounds of food, which sounds ridiculous every single day. And like going into a practice just for an hour and a half in the morning, um, from doing the cardio training, high intensity, I'll lose about four to five pounds of sweat just in the morning practice. Then you go back and you have to eat and drink your, drink your shakes, eat your food, trying to recover, get, get your, uh, way back up to like, kind of be balanced. Then you go back in the middle of the afternoon, nighttime, and you lose that same amount of sweat again. So it's, it's kind of crazy because you might you might sweat I don't even know exactly but it might be like like eight nine ten pounds of sweat in a day um, training hard and then obviously to maintain your weight you have to be able to eat that much food and have enough water to get that weight back. So you definitely eat a lot of food that's for sure.
0: So the story that I told I told before when you were on the show uh, for just you know the 20 minutes or so when we announced you as a new athlete was that I lived in Houston, Texas. Uh, after Hurricane Katrina, I moved there in 2005. And I was there for about six years or so, five or six years. And uh, when I was there, I trained at a place, uh, Lee Thompson's gym at the time. Uh, What was it called?
3: What's it called? Is it a one-to-one?
0: One-to-one, sorry. It's been a while, so I forgot. But one-to-one, it's not Lee Thompson's gym anymore, but at the time it was Lee Thompson's gym. And then a guy, Lee, uh, ended up buying it from him. He was like a partner and he ended up buying from And I would drive to that gym You know not every single day because i go to 24 hour a bunch too but i'd go to that gym and that's where all the competitors were and the bodybuilders were and stuff and on the way there or on the way back i would often stop at a nutrition store um do you know what the nutrition store was called
3: it was a wholesale nutrition
2: that's right i know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah
0: so i would stop there either on the way there on the way back or sometimes both honestly and I would buy a uh, whether it was a protein or buy a pre workout or, or buy something. So anyway, I'd buy a lot. And when I go in there, I would see this. I mean, the only way to put it is like a, a hoard, like a, a, a crazy amount of trophies where you'd walk in, you'd see this like, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate, but hundreds of trophies, hundreds and hundreds. And, uh, and, and at some point in there, I had asked the gentleman that was running the store, what's the deal with all these trophies. Cause I looked at them and stuff and he's like, well, those are my kids' trophies. And, uh, and I was like, well, holy shit. And so I started looking at them closer. Every time I go in, I kind of examine them
3: and, uh, and those were your trophies, right? Yes, sir. Yep, You're right. And, and the trophies, they had been trophies that I had won since I was actually, uh, about four years old. That's when I started martial arts. I was competing all around the world. You probably saw trophies from like Cro- uh, Croatia, Russia, um, Ireland, Italy, all around the world. I was competing since a little kid and probably saw those over, over in the store. hundred percent. I did. Yep. <laughs>
0: I saw every one of them you ever got. And, uh, and your dad was very, very proud. And I always thought like, how cool is that? Like that, you know, my, my dad was I had a great great daddy, and unfortunately passed away a little while ago. But he was a great dad, and he was very proud. But we didn't have anything like that. Uh, and if he did, he trusted me. He'd have been he'd have been like your dad. So uh, I always thought, how cool is that, that 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 his dad and him accomplished this, you know? And then his dad was so proud to display him and also to to brag about him. So how did that happen? Like, how what was the genesis of? you being born and then your dad and you, or pretty much your dad when you're four, deciding this is what your, his son's going to do. And then how did you, how did it happen that you, because it's kind of like almost like the way I had to describe is like Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods yeah. at two or three, his dad's like, he's going to be the best golfer in the world. And all of a sudden, you know, he was, because his dad said, hey, this is what you're going to do. And his dad and his son had talent as well.
3: Yeah, so how it started for me was, Um, as, as, I guess as young as I can remember, I was about four years old. Um, my dad started me off doing pushups and sit-ups. Uh, I remember him helping me out. Actually, we have like, I think we might have some pictures too. I'm sure my mom does, but he would actually help me do the pushups. I remember him putting like his fingers underneath my stomach and like helping me do pushups. I would try to do like 25 straight as a four-year-old and do 50 straight. I woke up to like hundred pushups straight. And then I would do sets either of a 50 or hundred. And by the time I was like six or seven, I was, I was doing, 500 push-ups and 500 sips in the morning. And then I would also do those push-ups, pushups at nighttime too, up until about the age of, of like 11 or 12 years old when I started working out with weights here and there and, um, and doing some street training. So that's kind of how it started for the fitness stuff for me. And then, uh, my dad being one of my coaches, since I was a kid, he actually started off teaching me all the karate and martial arts when I was four. My sister Colby, she actually started martial arts when she was seven. Um, we're three years apart. So she started like a week or two before me and I'm watching her over there competing. And I'm like, I'm not competing, but training. I'm like, man, I really want to do this. Anyways. I kept asking my mom and dad every single day for like the week or two, why she started before me. I was like, mom, dad, can I get into karate? Can I try this? And, uh, they kept, they went over there and asked the instructor kept going over there asking them. And, um, the karate instructor was like, no, I think Sage is too young for this, uh, being four years old. I don't think he has attention span. So anyways, after, I think like a few weeks, of my, my parents asked him if I can join the karate school. Um, he's like, okay, we'll give Sage a try. So that's kind of how the martial arts started for me, um, for karate. And then I got into a little wrestling when I was like maybe 11 or 12 years old on and off. And then uh, jiu-jitsu on and off since I was about that age too. And now I fight mixed martial arts. So uh, anything you can think of, it's it's pretty much all legal out there besides like low blows and eye gouges pretty much.
1: <laughs> it's, that's – uh yeah. That's that's amazing. It, They're it, the same rules in the office. Yeah. Same rules in the office. Yeah, We're doing the same thing. Just oh, man, know. that's
3: nasty. <laughs> that's messed
0: uh, up. Stefan, Stefan. Uh, yeah, well, that was actually challenge. one, like, yeah, was one of my questions for Sage. Have you heard about this, Sage? What is it? Stefan, or one of our sales guys. He
1: he said like he thinks he could like take you. He's much. our super athlete. So he's yeah. one of those guys that whatever he does athletic wise, he's very, very good at. He he beat everybody in the Murph challenge that we had at the gym. Yeah. Um he was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. He did some mixed martial arts. So, of course, the other sales guys got him going. And he said he was would willing to uh, do a match with you. And then, of course, all of a sudden, he wanted twenty five thousand dollars yeah, for like. That's
0: yeah.
3: funny.
1: Yeah.
0: I know you're talking about. Is it uh, is
3: it Stephen? Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh man, There's he's it. cool. I was, I was him on Instagram back and forth. He's a cool guy, man. Um, oh, I'd be down to wrestle with him or do something. That'd be fun. See that picture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, it looks, it looks
3: sick.
1: yeah he's gonna show up like that
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna have to do like i guess you could call it a rear naked choke <laughs> <laughs> don't get him excited now
1: <laughs> yeah he was
0: he is very confident he was like yeah I'll, uh, he's a kid i'll take him no problem i outweigh him he'll be easy and then i think something you said to him you were like yeah that's gonna be fun let's do it that'll be super fun and then he was like oh maybe not <laughs> That's funny. You said kind yeah, of psych no, them no.
3: out.
0: Oh, I make light work of him, and you like laughing.
3: No. <laughs> That's funny.
0: So, so, so stage fighting for you and what you do is is like what you do, right? It's not. It's not a. And, and this is a question. It's not. I mean, not a statement. Okay. But so, for most people, when you get in a fight. There's adrenaline. There's like, you know, you. It's like a, a an intense thing where it's like you know. You have the fight and flight response for most people where you're, you're scared, you're nervous. or You're going to, for you, you've been doing it since you're such a, a, a little boy. Do you have that same thing or is it different for you?
3: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting feeling out there. You can't really describe it because you like, I can get out, I guess, in front of like the whole entire arena of people. You might have 30,000, 40,000 people in the arena. You can get out there and speak at a microphone. Your heart gets racing kind of and you're like, okay. But then when you get out there to fight, it's different. Like when you get the cage door, you're like walking the cage. They shut the door, the cage. You're locked in there with you and one other guy. Um, you have to be able to control that adrenaline. So like if you don't control it, I've known so many guys that go out there and they have like an adrenaline dump. Their adrenaline gets up super high. And then like 30 seconds later, they're they're some of the best-shaped guys in the world and their adrenaline dumps and they have like no energy whatsoever. So it's a weird feeling. You have to be able to control that. And um, like one of the things you can actually feel out there and you can hear – like, okay. First off, when you walk in there, you can hear the whole entire audience. But then, right when you're about to fight, like the referee's calling you out there to like tap hands and stuff, you hear nothing at all. Like you can't hear your coaches really. For me, you can't hear the audience screaming. All you can hear really is like the footsteps, and you can hear your own heart beating in your ears. So it's a weird feeling. I'm sure. I'm sure Tyler that was just on probably knows a feeling like that because I can't imagine like what what he's gone through and stuff. He's probably had to feel like adrenaline through the roof. So, sure. but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure when you are in the helicopter and you're manning the helicopter, or flying it and you have back right. in front of you and you know, you have to blow them away because they're, if they're about to kill your friends you do what you got to do. And I'm sure it's very similar. The only, the only thing I always think is interesting is for you, you know, you've been doing it for such a long time and obviously you haven't been in the cage, fighting in ufc or you know anything like that but you did do taekwondo you did do all these other tournaments where it is you versus one other opponent it's man versus man it's not a team sport even though it may be part of a team you're not it's not a team sport it's really on you so when you're wrestling somebody or fighting somebody you can't be like oh my team's gonna get my back it's just you so when you get in there the feeling whether it's in the ufc i mean i'm, I'm this is me imagining i haven't done it but it's a Taekwondo match or a wrestling match, or you're in the UFC in front of 30,000 people, it's ultimately all on you. And the feeling to some degree or another has to be similar, right?
3: Oh yeah. You're, you're exactly right. It is similar. Then also like the feeling like when you win, you're the highest of the high. And then if something happens, it's like high or low, but um, yeah, that feeling it's, it's, it's just you out there. I mean, it's not really a, a team sport. Um, and even though you have your teammates that you train with every day, that kind of makes up, how good your performance is out there, pretty much. But when you're out there, I mean, it's it's all the pressure's on you pretty much. You want to make your your coaches happy, you want to make your family happy, your friends, you want to make everybody happy that's supporting you. And um, you can definitely feel that pressure, but but you get used to it over time. And I think that's that's really cool that the more you do it, you kind of get used to that feeling and um, you can use that you can use that, I guess, feeling that you get to get pumped up out there.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously you've, uh, you've perfected that. It's been a long, you've been doing this for a long, long time. Was there ever a point in time when you rebelled when you were like, so I was at the moment. So your dad wants you to do this right at two, three, four years old. You don't know what you right. do. You don't know anything. Right. Um, right. Tell my son Asher, who's just turned eight Jackson, who's seven for him, for Eric, you know, go, you're going to be a golf star, right? Are you going to be whatever? So, asher's great at golf he's he just started doing baseball he's done a lot of good cool stuff that he likes if i'm like yeah you're not gonna do anything else now you're gonna be a golf star and you're gonna be the best you're gonna do golf every single day all day long he'd be like okay because he's eight right what is he gonna say um but ultimately maybe at some point he goes well i don't like fucking golf (laughs) you know i i don't like doing this it's not fun for me anymore i want to whatever. Uh, hang out with girls and, and uh, not do this or whatever, whatever it may be. I want to, I want to play baseball. And uh, you know, for you, you really didn't have that option. Your dad said this is what you're going to do. And you happen to be really, really good at it. Was there ever a time where you're like, I actually don't want to do
3: this. This was not my idea and I'm not interested. You no, know, you get, you get that feeling a lot, actually. Um, like even, even some days right now, you kind of get that feeling just because like the amount of, I guess, strenuous training you go through, Um, you have to have the best cardio from, from running outside to weight conditioning cardio, to you do weird exercise, like you're rowing, like, like doing rows, almost like you're rowing a boat to boxing cardio. There's so many different things you have to kind of be like skilled in so many different areas. You train so hard in all these different areas that you, you pretty much break your muscles down so much. And you're so sore. There's some days you get up and you had a hard, hard sparring session the night before and like for a whole entire week or two straight, like your bones hurt, your knees hurt, your ankles hurt, kind of your whole body is kind of like trying to recover and you're trying to train through that. So there's times like that, especially when you're a kid where you're like, man, I feel kind of like a grandpa right now. I don't I don't know if I want to go train train today and train for the next two weeks because I feel so sore. So um, you get those feelings, but then, I mean, as a kid, you have to have, I guess, your parents being there to be able to push you and and um, drive you to become better. That's, that's a blessing for sure because – I mean, a lot of kids feel that they they don't know how to get past that point, and um, having your parents be there, being there on your side to push you through that and and uh, stick with you, that, that definitely helps out. Kind of like my mom and dad, and my dad being my coach, keeping me in the martial arts and keep pushing me, and definitely helps out.
0: Yes, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because one thing, as a as a as a father of three boys, you never ever want your to. I mean, I never want to let my kids quit. So I want I want to because quitting is easy and quitting is going to be available to them in life for the rest of their life. You can always say, Oh, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. I quit. And um, it'll, it'll be easy for the rest of their life and it will, it will lead to them being you know a loser. And I want my kids to be all my boys to be winners. And I, I stress that to them all over and over again. Uh, but you know, when you push them super hard towards one thing, as, as you have done towards one thing, you, you know, you, as a, as a father, I always wonder like, is that what they want to do, right? And, and it's always, you know, you, uh, it's a balance where you want to push them to never quit. You want to push them to give their best, try their hardest, never quit. You want to push those things. But on the flip side, you won't don't want to push them to something they don't want to do. For you, uh, has this always been something, because you, you're good at it, right? And obviously when you're doing something you're really good at, it's easier to be dedicated to it and to, to be interested in it. If you're terrible at it, I'm sure you wouldn't have went this far. You'd be like, I definitely don't want to keep getting my ass kicked, right? Uh, But you've been kicking ass. Has there ever been a time, uh, especially like the last fight, where you weren't expecting things to go the way it went, where you go, well, is this really for me?
3: You know, um, I mean, I believe all the training I've put into my life and having my family bring me up, being a martial artist, and my dad coaching me, and the training I've had all around the world and competing – I uh, kind of kind of built up a skill set that I believe that is is up there one of the best skill sets in the world for the martial arts and um for me I I don't know I I love it um my last fight obviously didn't go as planned um that's the thing it was only one fight there was a lot of different circumstances that went into that fight and and things that obviously I'm going to change but um the next fight sure is going to be good and uh, if you look back at my all my other fights I was undefeated in my weight class 5 and 0 in the UFC and um, it's, it's what I love to do. You get to go out there and if you're, if you're fighting a guy that's super good boxer, then you get to take him down. Or if you find a guy that's a really good wrestler, you get to sit up a box and try to knock him out. There's so many different things you can do. And every single day in the training, you get to mix it up and try new things, or you're getting to focus on something to make yourself better. So I feel like anytime that I'm making myself improve and I'm learning and getting better, then it still interests me. And, uh, that's, that's how I feel. I'm, since I was a little kid, I'm always trying to, trying to, I guess, make myself better, whatever it might be. And I'm always trying to, I guess, be the best one. If I'm, if I'm learning jitsu moves, I'm trying to pick up on the jiu-jitsu moves the fastest. Or, or uh, if I'm going against my sister or brother, I'm super competitive. I'm trying to beat them, even if it's ping pong. So, um, yeah, the martial arts is really fun for me. I'm always trying to make myself better, and that's the thing about it.
1: seeing blessing right here. Yeah, were you grappling with blessing?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was in China. That was actually the first time I met blessing. <laughs> he's he's so cool. He was like, I was there in China at an expo and uh blessing was in the audience. He goes, he goes, Hey Sage, he goes, you want to, you want to wrestle? You want to grapple? I was like, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So anyways, that, that ring right there, I don't, it wasn't like a legit ring or anything. It's it's kind of like a, I think it had like wood underneath, but anyways, um, blessing gets up there. He has like his watch on his shoes, everything. We get up there and we grapple like first person to take down. And then afterwards, we're just kind of like. Practicing moves up there, talking, hanging out, and stuff. And yeah, he was he was super cool. I met, I think that was like maybe like four years ago. <laughs> I don't know how long ago that was? But yeah, yeah. Now we're getting it on. Now we're now we're just going for a takedown wrestling.
0: I've never, I've never seen this before. I, I tried
3: to get. I had him in a single leg right there, taking him down, and he's trying to grab my neck. And then, anyways, first <laughs> lay down and then yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's cool. He's, bra- he's brave, man. What's well, yeah. well, incredible? Like, awesome. right your yeah, bodybuilders don't I don't know if you know that Sage bodybuilders don't do stuff like that because they're worried they're gonna tear a
1: muscle or they're gonna better really walk the fucking dog no they, they, yeah, they want to do
0: nothing they want to do nothing they want to sit at home and eat their food and train with weights and that's it so that's one of the things that makes blessing great is he's willing to do stuff yeah, that's because
2: yeah.
0: so most guys want to do that so Sage you're you're a young guy but like you remember like Ronnie Coleman uh, Jay, yeah. Jay Cutler.
1: So oh the- yeah a little Jay, he looks like a Jay. Yeah, yeah he, look
0: like, he yeah. Kind of looks like a young Jay. Different yeah. size.
1: Yes, you, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, you're like Jay at like 16.
1: Yeah, 16, 17.
0: 16. So yeah, you're, but you but you uh you you um if you met Jay when he was 18 19 20 whatever, there's no way he's getting in the ring with you because he would be there. He is. Let's Dang. Put him next to each other. Hold oh. on.
2: Is he flexing?
3: Sorry, Sage. Oh, man, you're good. It's okay. Oh, that's all good. Yeah, man. So you're saying you're saying that they they worry about um like tearing something, right? They worry about well, everything. That expending wow. a good. calorie,
1: they don't need to. They I mean, worry about everything. by nature, bodybuilders are pretty lazy. Yeah, well, okay. all spade to spade.
0: It's almost its almost as a rule. I wouldn't say it's always, because obviously you, you met Blessing and Blessing. Yeah. Blessing, like, so. He's an anomaly. No, but Blessing, if you're you like if we're, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get the Arnold this year or the Olympia or whatever. But the, the Olympia will happen, but it's not going to be a real Olympia. No, it won't be different. like what you'd expect. But Blessing will stand there for 12 hours meeting fans without doing anything. And sometimes barely even using the bathroom mm-hmm. to meet fans. Really? No, he does not stop. He loves it. I mean, he, it's not even—he's not doing it out of a sense of duty and loyalty or anything. He's doing because he—I mean, maybe a little bit of that—but he's doing it because he loves meeting the fans. He loves being there. Most bodybuilders will be like, "Okay, I gotta eat I can do two hours and at the end meal, do two hours, I eat a meal, I have to use the bathroom, and take a two-hour break. Then I'll come back. We'll do an hour, and then I'm gone." Right? And that's not and that's not even like being negative. It just is what it no, is. That's what it is. It's- and, uh, and so for him to get in there with you, and he's done that. He did that in Dubai recently, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You didn't see the video? what well, the tiger pulling. Like, where- yeah, I saw the whole tiger. Man, that was crazy. He pulled the tiger, but he also fought some, uh, well fought. He uh, He wrestled some MMA, professional MMA fighters He that, did huh? pretty damn good. He did pretty good. Yeah, he yeah, kind of yeah. sort of manhandled him. He didn't win, but he got he manhandled the guy pretty good.
3: Wow, that's awesome!
0: Johnny got that one.
3: No, he has not got that either. Never mind. Man, yeah, I love that about blessing. That's so cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: He bucks the, he bucks uh, the system yeah. with,
0: with stuff like that, and um, it was really cool that you guys did that. And then he was be willing to do that. And uh, it, does that ever concern you to get him get there in a ring with people you don't know? Oh, oh, there someone... he goes. There he goes.
3: And also, oh, there you go. Oh, nice!
0: Look at him! Look at him! Gator roll there. Uh-oh. What's happening now? I was trying to armbar. The
3: guy's break. trying to go for an arm. Oh, that was good. Good defense.
0: Blessing talking nice.
3: about after this. Got to get side control. Okay, he's got north-south right there. That's a good position. Ooh. Man, that guy must be feeling that pressure.
0: Blessing's like 300 pounds now. So <sighs>
3: Are you serious? Out. That's insane. Uh, hey, when, when is Blessing competing next? He looks so good yeah uh well we it's amazing Dubai. he's stuck in
0: Dubai right now he went to oh, against against my advice <laughs> I went oh, man. and I uh, went back home and I said hey man like probably not the best time to go home but he went home and uh and then he was like oh shit I can't come back oh man and uh and then he went to Dubai for two weeks hoping he could fly back after being at Dubai because Dubai doesn't have the restrictions that uh, right. Yeah, Ireland. but he has a
1: European passport, European.
0: so they're like, "No, you can't." So he's basically in Dubai, uh, stuck with like uh, a hotel room. His sister was that. His
3: <laughs> was that Colby, my sister? Uh,
0: she, Where is she? <laughs> oh, there she is. Oh
3: snap! Back. Oh my gosh, yeah, Colby's, Colby's crazy man. I'll tell you a story. Um, when I was like, I was probably like 17. We got in this cage. We were training in the cage um, before some fights, and I, I started fighting professional MMA when I was. I think 17 years old. You're we supposed to be 18, but my parents signed off on it. So I was good. But, anyways, we're training. Me and Colby get in this cage, like the octagon, and we're like sparring out there. My, my dad's one of my coaches. I had a Jitsu coach there. We're like, hey, uh, no no kicks, like no kicks to the body. Not been doing any kicks right now, just punches. Anyways, I guess I was moving kind of fast and I like hit Colby with a punch or something. She got mad. No joke. She sidekicks me right in the chest. I didn't even have a chance to block it. She was super quick. I like flew back like five feet, came off my feet. I hit the cage door, fell down the cage, like four or five steps and hit my head against the wall. Like it was the craziest moment I got up and I was obviously okay. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a crazy moment. She's got some pr- pretty crazy kicks for a girl.
0: Is, uh, it, have you guys had any other uh, altercations like that where she got in the ring with you? And, and um, oh yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, all the time. Well, my dad, growing up, Colby was always the the bigger one. She's like my height. So, um, I'm, I'm like six foot. Um, we like growing up, my dad had, I guess we turned the garage into a whole entire training room. So we had the floors matted, the wall, the garage door, like sealed up. Um, we had like trophies against the walls. Anyways, growing up, Colby was always like four or five inches taller than me. She was super fast and like, you know how girls, girls grow faster than guys when you're like 11, 12 years old. So anyways, yeah, like training outside the training room all the time. She would always, she would always get me and she's obviously super skilled. She's world cry champion, kickboxing world champion. And um, top of that, she's got really good jiu-jitsu too. But uh, yeah, we've had some altercations. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Do you have
0: any other brothers and sisters or just you two?
3: Uh, I do. I have a younger brother. He's, He's actually bigger than me, which is crazy. He's, he had my, he got my genetics from my, uh, my mom's dad, my mom's dad's six foot seven. Oh, so and my mom, my mom's sister's six foot one. So he got those genetics. My brother's like six, three ish. Um, he's, he's pretty big. He's, he just turned 21 actually. Is he a fighter as well? So, so he is trained to fight. Um, unfortunately he had a, he had an ACL surgery a few years back. So he's been kind of like honing up on his jitsu skills. So he's, he's like getting super high level in jitsu right now. And, um uh, and uh, probably gonna fight in the future. That's cool. It's yeah, it,
0: it seems like your family, the your family literally all of them is uh, kind of red to, red red fight, red yeah. to fight, right?
3: It's right, yeah, exactly. My, my brother, is something crazy. My brother is so strong. Like the other day, working on the gym, he was squatting. Uh, I think I probably have a video on my phone. He was squatting like six something, and uh, he's only 21, and like he's got like freaky strength. He benches like four something. I think for like reps, like four. I don't even know. Actually, I have a video on my phone. I have to show you guys later. Yeah. But yeah, he's got some freaky strength.
0: Your dad was a, your dad was a bodybuilder, right?
3: If I remember correctly. Yeah, he was. So uh, he did some bodybuilding, but um, he used to power lift. So like, I remember. I remember. Like, okay, so the story you walked in um, Holston Nutrition a while back and had like my trophies. I bet you walked past some of my dad's trophies too, because as a powerlifter, like, I, I don't know the name of all the I guess competitions and stuff, but at um, like the USA Powerlifting Championships, or I'm not sure the exact names, when he weighed 198 pounds, my dad squatted 777. And then I think when he weighed like 204, or 205, he squatted like uh, like 8-something. I think it was like 820 or 830. I don't remember the exact weight, but um, I'm pretty sure uh, he had a total of like almost 2,000, 2000 lift total for uh, it squat, bench, and deadlift. Is that the three that combined for powerlifting? For sure, yep. And how much did you weigh? Two twenty then? No, my dad. Well, my dad weighed one ninety eight when he squatted seven hundred seventy seven pounds, and then uh, like two oh five or something. He he uh, squatted like eight eight twenty or eight thirty or something like that. He, he has he has some pretty good genetics too, I guess. <laughs> so
0: you're you're in Texas right now, right?
3: Yes, yes sir.
0: So, but Sage, you live in LA or, or you go back and forth?
3: No, I do. I do live in LA. Um, I train in Sacramento actually a lot. I train at Team Alpha Mill in Sacramento. Some of the best grapplers on the planet there. Um, one of the best MMA gyms in all the whole entire planet. Also super incredible. But right now I'm actually down getting some street training, um, training at jitsu at a tenth planet gym. Some great great no gi grapplers. So um, getting getting some really good skill set here and uh, staying strong. Well, Texas Texas is a lot different.
0: I mean, than California yeah. right now, right? In terms oh yeah. Of like the the <clears throat> climate, of the world. You know, definitely a way different place than Texas.
3: Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. California, right when I left California, all the COVID stuff kind of hit. Um, they had pretty much every single gym shut down. Um, they had some gyms that were open, but they were like privately opened, and there weren't really any guys in there. They, they were kind of crazy with all the COVID stuff, I guess, happening. Then being down here in Texas, also another thing, right, before, right after I left, they had a lot of fires happen. So like, the air quality so bad. Um, <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even know how like. The so people are breathing out there, doing cardio outside or whatever might be going on because the, the fire and the smoke there and the ashes is like really bad for your lungs, I guess. But, uh, but here, yeah, it's totally different. Um, the weather's pretty nice. Um, everything seems to be pretty good. The gyms are open here. I've been training jitsu really hard, training at the grappling gyms over here and uh, getting it in.
0: So your future wife, right? You're engaged now. She is an actress in Hollywood. Is that correct?
3: Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, she's, she's awesome.
0: Is she, is she there with you guys, you now, or is she is she's filming soon?
3: Actually, she's going to be here tomorrow. She flies in tomorrow. Um, she was here, but she had to fly back out to LA because she actually records for a show uh, called trolls. It's like the the cartoon show on TV on Netflix. Yeah. She's voiceover for it, for the, for Poppy, one of the trolls. And then she also does a show called amphibia. So every week, pretty much she flies out there and she has to do recording for trolls and amphibia. And then, She's also getting ready to film her show called "This Is Us," which is on on TV.
1: That's a that's a big show on. Was it like ABC
3: or? Uh, Yeah, I
1: think. Yeah, that's a big that's a big show.
3: Oh yeah, 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 really good show. Yeah, she's she's a great actress. She's super skilled too. Like her voiceovers, so good. Like all the cartoon shows on TV, she's got like the coolest voice. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you meet her, Paige? What was that? How'd you meet her? Oh, (laughs) okay. It sounds sounds interesting um actually i was making a post uh, a couple years ago for uh, it was national puppy day i had my dog anyways i did the hashtag like national puppy day right after that i was like hmm i never really do hashtags so i went to click on the hashtag and i was like i wonder like how my hashtags doing so i started scrolling through and then she was at like, the top of the hashtag list and i was like who's this anyway she had these two little dogs that looked kind of like pit bulls and they were french bulldogs but it was my first time ever like seeing a French bulldog. So I didn't know what they were at the time. So anyways, I'm like, man, these dogs are pretty cool. And I looked at her and I was like, wow, she's really, she's really pretty. So I commented on her, on her photo and I sent her a message. And then anyway, she commented back on mine. So um, I sent her a private message and then started talking. Anyways, I was in Sacramento, California at the time. And then I found out that her family lives in Fresno and she lives out in LA. So like, it was only like a few hours away and we ended up meeting up. She was filming a, um, I think she was filming a movie in Ohio uh, when we were talking, like right when we got each other's numbers, started talking and stuff. So shortly after that, we ended up meeting up, um, actually at her family's house for the first time ever. And then uh, some crazy stuff happened. Her One of her dogs, like they, uh, her mom has a dog named Yummy. I picked up Yummy, that little dog, and the dog actually peed all over my jeans. But Amanda and her mom had no idea. Like I hid it the whole time. And then anyways, I just told her about it like a couple months ago for like the first time ever. And she's like, she's like, no way. I didn't know this for like two years. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Come on with that, with the fish eyes.
3: <laughs> yep. yeah, That's yummy. <laughs> yeah. She's, <laughs> that's it. super interesting dog.
1: They want to do peas on you. That's
0: <laughs> very cool, man. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to yeah, hear uh, you finding her. And that's, that's a very big, obviously a big piece of the puzzle, right? Because if you're Definitely. focused on your career and, and, you know, and obviously making it to the next level and, and progressing on, having uh, having somebody on your side that's rooting for you and got your back is, is an extremely big deal. You
2: know?
3: Definitely. I agree with that. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: So um, in terms of your next fight, tell us about your next fight. What's going on? Who are you going against? How are you going to beat their ass?
3: All right. All right. Well, you know, I've been training super hard. Um, yeah, I do not. And after, after my last match, I'm coming back so strong. I'm going to be trying to look my best ever. Um, so my next fight is looking forward to like January time. So, well, I just hit October. So we got, we have the rest of October, but November, December, the right after Christmas, I'm looking to fight. Um, the only reason I guess they had one championship had some altercations with travel, like you were saying about blessing, but overseas right now due to COVID. So I'm not sure the exact location of the fight yet, but um, I know One Championship was planned on coming to America right before COVID hit, so it could be over somewhere like Tokyo or uh, Japan or Singapore, somewhere like that. But um, I know sometime next year, I guess One Championship is probably planning to come back to the United States and having fights here. But for this next fight, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so pumped! I can't even tell you. Like all, all my fights, pretty much that I go out there to fight, I kind of have to calm myself down. Um, my coaches have always told me to kind of calm down and not be so pumped, but that's not really who I am. I'm always, I'm always like jacked up with energy and super hyped and I'll go train and not get tired and, and be like the highest energy you can think of. So next fight, you can expect me to come out there super strong. That's for sure.
0: Is that, is that, is that sped up Ryan? Is that, is that actually real?
1: no That's, that's, real. Jeez.
0: that's pretty hyped up, bro. <laughs> it
1: so Sage, like, Obviously, you came into the UFC at a young age, and you know, the UFC used to be when it in its inception was skill versus skill. So, who was the best, like karate versus jujitsu versus you know, whatever discipline it was? And then it became mixed martial arts, what it was. How was it for you coming into the UFC? Because you came in as like karate was your main discipline, right?
3: Right. Was Was
1: there a tough kind of challenge for you to overcome that where a lot of times karate as a discipline especially in MMA is discounted. Um how was that for you coming into that where you know cuz now there's people who just train for MMA. They never do one specific discipline like that.
3: No you're right. So yeah, coming in coming into the UFC like <clears throat> looking back when I first came into the UFC, um I was I was having my fights but I was being told not to do certain techniques. Kind of like actually most of all my fights I was kind of told not to use a lot of my strengths and kind of what you practice. I'm sure you know what you practice becomes muscle memory and like what, what you, what you have kind of ingrained from training like years and years and years what you're going to use. So coming to the UFC, I didn't, I didn't really use any of my strengths. I feel like um, I had my first fight in the UFC. I, I knocked my opponent out in 57 seconds, but after that um, my opponents, my coaches were saying, Hey, there's a lot of grapplers, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of jitsu guys, um, this and that don't use some of these techniques and, Kind of be aware of these things, so um, I had won all five of my fights I had fought at 155 pounds of UFC, it was undefeated, lightweight. But I feel like my skill set that I actually used out there was very limited, and I took away a lot of my strengths even till now. And it kind of took until my last fight that I just had to kind of realize that because a lot of times you're out there winning all the time and you keep using what's working, but what's working and what I've been kind of getting used to and kind of getting ingrained hasn't been my strongest skill sets, if that makes sense. So now kind of t- take a look back at everything and I'm kind of going to come back with some strong skill sets that I never really use um, and and kind of make my performance a whole lot better. Like, I believe I'm going to come back stronger than any other fight I've ever had. And um, it's going to be really good.
0: Well, you've certainly got something to prove now. And you got, I mean, compared to other fights, this is a very d- different dynamic where you're coming in there and you're you're going to like, you know, you have something that you really want to crush this guy, you want to make a big point. It's not just winning. It's winning in a major fashion, right? You don't just want to win. You want to make a, a, a actual point, make sure people make a mark that you've done something that's very different and uh, that you're here to stay. Because obviously, you know, and I won't I won't dwell on this because I know it's not something you love to talk about, but I know Dana White made negative comments uh, about you and about your future. Based on a, a few moments of one fight,
3: right, right, exactly. You know, that's that's one fight. If you look at the, <clears throat> if you look at the best champions in the world, the guys that have been the absolute best guys, they've lost the fastest knockouts ever. I mean, if you look at, um, for instance, the guy that fought um, Corey Masvidal versus Ben Askren. Ben Askren was one of the best wrestlers of all time. Came in there, knocked out in like two seconds flat. If you look at T J. Dillashaw versus Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, another guy that he fought. um, It was, like, knocked out in, like, 15 seconds. There's so many fights, Um, Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is one of the best fighters of all time. I believe he was champ for for a long time. Anyways, knocked out in, like, five seconds flat. Like, people have been hit or dropped, the best guys in the world. But sometimes when when you have something bad like that happen, um, you come back so much stronger because you can either take it and, like, kind of get yourself down about it, or he can take it and be like, man, I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm going to come back stronger than ever. I'm going to try to beat everyone. So that's kind of how I took it. And I know that him making that negative comment, Dana White making a comment like that, I feel like it was kind of goofy because um, obviously the UFC was wanting me to stay with the organization. They had a chance to match what one championship was offering and they were not able to match it. So we, my, my, um, I guess my coaches and everybody had asked for like 90 days to release me out of the UFC contract. So that way I could be open to look at all, I guess, opportunities. And they weren't able to match what one championship offered. So they were offering me to fight a top 10 guy in the UFC at, uh, at my weight class. So, um, obviously I guess after going to different organization, of course, Dana White's going to pick on anything bad that happens because I'm no longer a fighter with UFC, but, but, uh, I don't let that get me because, um, I just know that God's got great things in my future for me and, and I'm coming back better and stronger. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's, it's, yeah. a,
0: that's an important, uh, it's important factors. There's a business factor in all these things, right? And so right. Yeah, you you no longer a business interest. So why would he pump up, uh, you as a, as a person, as a, as a fighter at this point, he's going to discount it and say, well, it's no, you're no big deal. He's no good anyway. Good. You should retire. Right. Because it's not going like, to help him. It's not going to be a benefit. He's him. not going to make any money off. He's going to make money off it. So he's just right. Oh, whatever, right? And uh, and I know for, for me personally, those kind of things motivated me. So somebody does it. Okay, let me show you. Let me show you exactly what we got going on. Let me exactly. Make, let me let me make you eat your words. And that's something that motivates. I not, I don't know about you. Everybody's different. What motivates them? But somebody says something like that. I don't I don't usually verbalize it, but internally I say, okay, let's see what happens. Let me show you,
3: right? You're exactly right. No, that's for sure. And looking back too, I mean, looking back at my last fights in the UFC, my last four fights in the UFC, I won all four of those fights, including I went up a weight class my very last fight of the UFC before my contract was coming to an end, and I knocked my opponent out up a weight class. So um, off a four-fight win streak, knockout, um, so I've been doing great things. And, um, yeah, so I totally agree with you. Someone said something like that. I, I just kind of get pumped up about it. I'm like, I'm going to show them, show them that that's not true.
0: <laughs> so Sage, I want to do it because you put your hands up. Let me see those knuckles again. Yeah, what's going on? Look, it's
3: pretty
0: good. knuckles like this? So, so no, the, no, no, the hands, the hands. Just the open hands, your hands. Oh, hands
3: yeah. The, so the knuckles, the, now. I can are going to put a wedding ring on that finger? How
0: are you going to ever get a
2: wedding <laughs>
3: ring on that finger? <laughs> Man, that. I know, right? Okay, so crazy. I don't know if you can hear this, but my knuckles, can you? Can you hear that oh my gosh so that's kind of like like in the bruce lee movies bruce lee could do that from hitting on bags so much hitting people so yeah my knuckles are like i don't know what's up with that but the joints are so big and my my meat i I don't know if you can see but the meat on my hand it's like you're gonna show us something else (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) so is that
0: is that from is that from punching people's face or is that from like like grappling and have people pull your hands? What is it from?
3: Yeah, I think it is from punching. Um, I've broken broke several knuckles. Like, all right, so like this knuckle right here, I don't know if you, you can't really see, but it looks like two knuckles because I actually broke the knuckle. It like slid yeah. back and it's become one giant knuckle pretty much. And then i broke broken my thumb where the whole entire thumb like snapped. And then um, they were thinking about putting a rod in there. Crazy story, actually. My whole entire thumb was broken and I was fighting in Mexico. I'm sure there's a video somewhere because like, Johnny. I was fighting. I hit this guy. I threw. I threw a hook, and Rise right I threw a hook. He like stepped back, and for some reason, like my my thumb hit first instead of actually my knuckles right here. My thumb hit. So when he stepped back, my thumb hit. You can hear it pop. It sounded like it had like a similar sound to a shotgun, but not that loud, of course. But um, you can hear it. And then right after that, um, I ended up winning that fight. I couldn't punch with my right hand the rest of the fight. And I was like, man. I told my dad and my coach, like, man, I broke my hand. Anyways, within like. Within like a week, I ended up fighting one hand in my last match at the tournament, and I ended up winning the whole tournament. So I came back to America because um, I was over in Mexico. I came back to the United States. Um, I had to get a cast on my hand. They did an x-ray. They were thinking about drilling a rod in my hand. Within like about a week, as I remember, there was a, a guy on TV um, named Pat Robertson on the 700 Club. Um, he was he was actually praying for people at the end of this, uh service, like on TV, and I just happened to be on the channel and he mentions, for some reason, like no one knew about my thumb. He mentions there's someone out there that hit their thumb weird, their thumbs, their thumb was broken, possibly going to have surgery, this and that. Um, well right now, like their thumb's completely healed, um, like by the blood of Jesus. And I was like, I was like, that's me. So anyways, um, right after that day, I like, I like prayed. I went the next day, it's only been like a week. I went the next day, um, to the hospital to cut off my cast. They did an x-ray and, uh, my thumb was completely healed. And since then, I haven't had any problems with my thumb. My thumb's been strong, and it's kind of a crazy story. I, you maybe think of that actually.
1: He's got the right hand of God now. It's got the right hand. To God. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's the one you <laughs>
3: hit with, bro. Hit him with that one. <laughs> yeah, next time I'm hitting with that one, that's for sure. I'm gonna be like, Psh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, don't you. know. I don't know.
0: It's your finishing move. Bro. Yeah, it's your finishing move.
3: <laughs> That'd be good.
0: That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah that's it uh oh, so, so um hey you uh, know what i thought about sorry I didn't mean to interrupt speaking ahead. of a uh, finishing move what if i don't know why no one's ever done it what if like okay imagine if you're like on top of the guy trying to choke him or something what if like that poem just like what if you had to tickle the guy you made him like squirm to get like a choke or something ryan has What's that like, actually, actually he actually
1: knows that move
0: do you know oh, who does? Ryan has a move called <laughs> the if he those guys called who, tickle shit. He says, that, check the oil oil. You ever heard of checking the
3: oil? That's what Ryan does. Check the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Y'all are funny. We <laughs> <laughs> <doesn't want> <laughs> got a serious question
1: Chuck Norris versus Bruce Lee. Who wins?
3: Oh, dang. Man. I would say, I would say Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee all day. His sidekick. So strong. But you know, speed, speed kills, speed kills. Chuck Norris wasn't, Chuck Norris wasn't that big weight wise and strength wise, I don't think. Bruce Lee was, Bruce Lee was probably like, what? Like 155 pounds, if I imagine. And maybe. The most, yeah. uh, 150 maybe, but Fast. I would Fast. say Bruce Lee,
0: definitely. All right, we can keep him. We're gonna go through uh, some rapid fire questions. We're gonna let you, uh, let you run brother. Uh, All
3: right, cool. Uh, cheat, fun. A cheat meal. There he goes. Bruce Lee Richard Norris. Oh, nice. Oh, you said cheat meal? Yeah. Oh man, cheat meal. Okay, lately. All right, I'm show you this. I literally have I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight boxes of MRE bars. Wow. I've literally been waking up in the middle of the night craving these bars. I can't even tell you. I think I've been going through like four or five in a day. I'm going through these so fast. So normally I would say my cheat meal is sushi. But I've changed that recently since the COVID stuff. Man, I heard someone went in a sushi restaurant and the place smelled so bad because they're not getting rid of the fish fast enough. So I've kind of been like, okay, I'm kind of a little worried about sushi right now. But my number one cheat meal right now has been MRE bars. I've been eating so much. It's crazy.
0: Well, that's great product placement. I can't argue with that. So exactly. uh,
1: Sushi? Yeah, we should we should <laughs> clip
0: that into an ad Ryan and run that please. Never like, that way. this salmon never. Oh, he's already doing it. He's already clipped it. He's running it. Okay, that's
3: good. <laughs>
0: what's your sage? What's your biggest fear at the at this point in your life? What do you think? Like, what's the biggest fear?
3: Hmm. Biggest fear? That's a tough, that's a tough one. Uh well, I mean, I don't know. I guess they change sometimes because sometimes you come across like a poisonous snake, like. Here in Texas we have coral snakes. I actually saw one a few days ago and you're like, "Man, that thing that thing's like scary. You think that coral snakes and like bite you and kill you cuz it's so poisonous." But uh but now not really scared of that. Um I would think maybe like a bear in the woods or something, but I don't know. I don't know what my biggest fear is. I mean, I'm think on that. I don't know. Actually, I think spiders are sometimes if you got a spider like crawling on you or something, that's pretty gross. Other day I saw this gigantic spider. It was like, it's probably like this big. They have these giant banana spiders out here in Texas. Those things are pretty big. But if I have one band thing band on, that'd be pretty freaky. I'm
0: not going to suggest him any fears that could be it because I don't want, it. I want it to. Be <laughs> yeah. what, what? The
1: biggest fear? My biggest fear? Reminds well, a van with no windows and some guy giving out free candy.
0: He oh, snap.
1: <laughs> well, that's <know>. creepy. So <laughs> when he
0: hears free candy, he just runs towards us. That's, that's the problem. Prior. That's his biggest issue. <laughs> oh, Ryan got me. So, yeah, Ryan got a job with that. He's like, I candy and, and right here, crane right toward him. Like, what a job! Come here. And That was um,
1: a <laughs> fun dip a whole different thing. Yeah, was good.
0: Um, would you say you're a morning person or a night owl?
3: Man, um, I've kind of had to learn to be both. But <clears throat> if I had to say, mostly morning person, just because I've trained so many times in the morning so early. Like sometimes some mornings I'll get up before anybody's up. There's like no one on the street. I'll go running like four thirty in the morning or six in the morning, wherever it might be. And like nobody's nobody's outside yet. So I would say morning person because a lot of people can't do that. But, but I've kind of learned to be both just from traveling and competing like overseas or different areas. You kind of have to be able to get up whenever, because like it might be a 10 hour time difference. And even though you're a morning person, now you're a night person. So if I had to choose one, though, morning person.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's co- it's cooler in the morning to go running. If you're running Definitely during the day or whatever, it can be hotter and in in early in the morning, It's cooler. Yeah, you're right. Is it is it hot there right now? That. What's that?
3: Is it is it hot in Florida right now?
0: Oh okay. yeah, well yeah. it it's is humid, on humid. But in the morning, so today it was only it was this is the best morning so far for me. It was only seventy six degrees. It was ninety-eight percent humidity, but it was ninety-six. I mean, seventy-six degrees, ninety-eight percent humidity today. So, pretty good for us. Pretty good. That's, that's
3: pretty good. Man, that's a lot of humidity.
0: What was it? What was it there? Where, where you're in? Uh, you're in Texas, right?
3: Houston. Yeah. Um. Actually, I'm in Austin right now. Austin's a little bit cooler than Houston. Better. Yeah. It was probably like eighty-ish. Probably about the same amount of humidity. I would imagine. I don't. I don't know the exact humidity, but I'm guessing it's somewhere around around what Florida is. I only know because I
0: because I look every morning when I wake up. But the first yeah. thing before I look at my emails and texts now because I do cardio. Because I look right. how bad is it going to be, you know. And that's, oh, that's right now. um, I look every morning. I go oh. so today I was excited. I'm like, oh, this is great. And I wanted to get that got me up earlier than uh, than ever to get going before it got too hot. Because by nine o'clock here it gets in the 80s. So, yeah.
3: wow, yeah, you feel good too. Like when you get up early and you get it done with, you feel good for the whole day. I've been—I've been seeing how many miles you've been going. Too, you've been going so many miles.
0: <laughs> Thanks, <Sid. laughs> You're Crushing it. I'm not going a lot of miles. That means I'm doing something good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I've been doing good. I've been doing very good. Then I appreciate that. So, uh, oh, yeah. who do you look up to most, and why?
3: Uh, who I look up the most to. Okay, so man, I have a lot of people I look up to, <laughs> I guess. But if I have, if I have to say one person I look up to the most, obviously it would be Jesus jesus christ is the person i look up to the most but if i had to say just because that's that's like my faith and everything but if i had to say person i look up to the most maybe and like i I guess i have different different things who i look up to the most maybe in like martial arts or look at the most like racing or motocross or stuff like that so number one guy is jesus
0: I won't delve in deeper than that, because now you it seems like you have a lot of guys uh, that are here today that that you wanna that you'd say. So, um, best advice you've received as an athlete.
3: Best advice I've received as an athlete, I would say probably being consistent is one of the biggest things, and um, also I guess two pieces of advice because it's hard for me to choose one. Be consistent, but the other one would be. Um, uh, kind of kind of think about the times that like like if you're if you're trying to outwork like you always want to try to out I guess I don't know how to phrase it but you always want to try to outwork um, I guess your opponents and competitors or the stuff that you don't see and you don't know like you don't know how hard your opponents are working or, or the guy you might fight or um, the guys across the world whatever whatever they might be doing how hard they might be training um, I'm always trying to out train them so um, that's just another piece of advice I've kind of gotten is Don't be outworked. That's it. Don't be outworked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's something you can control. Yeah, exactly. You can 100% control if you're outworked or not. And that's, in life, there's not a lot you can control. There's things that are out of your control. And and that's one thing you definitely can. But this is something that's very important. Very important. Are aliens real or not?
3: Oh, okay. That's actually a good question. I don't know. I don't know because... Man, I heard the other day someone was telling me that the the landing on the moon, they were like saying, did it actually happen? So, makes you wonder, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Did that <laughs> happened outside of Voodoo Donuts. What was that? Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, say. in Austin. Cause that's right there. Oh. The homeless people are under the bridge. <laughs> um,
3: they, they they all went. Um, you no, know, I- i, I going crazy back there. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Got to your total war. So I, I,
0: I believe 100% we went to the moon and all that's real. But I will say it is very weird and strange that here we are 50 years later and we haven't went back to the moon since mm-hmm. then. And the technology, so right now, this phone, right? Right. Has more technology in it than the entire, than the entire um,
1: original lunar yeah, spaceship. You know,
0: everything that, that was in Apollo 11, they don't all put together doesn't equal what's in this phone yet right. all the way to the moon and back and survived. And we can't get
3: there now. Wait, so this will take me. To the and it's kind of kind of weird, too, that in 1969, I think it was when there's went to the moon, supposedly they were supposed to be making a phone call to the president of the United States and back to NASA. And those people but yet, they didn't actually have wireless phones then. <laughs> they had the phone that was actually, you know, they didn't have like all the same kind of electronics that are now. And but you're making that all the way to the space. I don't, I don't know exactly. It's interesting.
0: So, so for me, you know, it, it's it's more of a that that particular thing. Subject matter is is a commentary on where technology is going versus where technology went. So, just so you know, I, I definitely, hundred percent, anybody who's watching, including you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Stage, I don't believe that we didn't go to the moon. I know, I believe 100. I believe we did all the things that they said. I believe all of that. But I also believe that it stopped technology, space discovery, you know, that priority in that technology and also where we were going to go and what we're going to do stopped JFK died and things changed. And then after that, it got worse and worse after that, where it was a less and less of a priority until like, you know, obviously Obama ended the, the, the shuttle, yeah, if I'm on the shuttle, right. 11, space program I'm in yeah. 11. And, um, and man, that to me is more important than a lot of the issues that are domestic and certainly more the issues that are international compared to what's going on in America. So it, that's kind of what I think happened where people deprioritized it instead of prioritized it, where it's like, hey, that is more important because that's the future of where humanity has got to go. You can't. This this planet cannot encompass a thousand more years of humanity. It doesn't work. It can't it can't happen. There needs to be an extinction event almost to continue humanity on this planet at the rate we're going for a thousand years. So if you want to keep it going, you need to invest into where we're going next. And unfortunately, instead of doing that, we're doing all kinds of other yeah. stuff that probably matters far less. And maybe matter more for people here now, but Say your great, 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 great kids won't care as much about, you know, things that are going right now. They want to know, well, where is the future heading? And unfortunately, okay. those kind of concerns just seem to be way on the back burner where, like you said, now you can't, you can't, I mean, nobody's calling the moon because there's nobody on the moon, <laughs> you know, there's nobody on yeah. there. So people go, oh, I want to go to Mars. Well, you can't even go to the damn moon. So how are you going to go to Mars? So, um. And that's like there's there's a lot of plans I've, I've read. I'm very interested in this stuff. So when people say I want to go to Mars, well, the the way station to Mars is the Moon. If you're not on the Moon. It's gonna be very difficult to go to Mars if you don't have a place to stop on the way. Makes sense. Get ready. Or if you can't colonize and have anybody living on the Moon, how are you gonna live on Mars? And so it's uh it's almost stages. And unfortunately, where we are now, it's hard to even imagine in our lifetime where we'll get to Mars, which is a a sad thing when you think in the in the '60s, they were like,
1: you know, They're pushing to get there. They were
0: pushing to get there, and they. they I honestly think if it would have kept going in that direction, I think by now we would be living. There would be people living on Mars. There would be people. That'd be down. insane, right? As it long as they insane. got a Waffle House, I'm good. If they have Waffle House, they could have had go. If you would have kept going, Waffle Houses would be <laughs> on right? on the moon
1: at least. <laughs> i the, the pit stop to Mars. IHOP, at least a, for sure. Yeah, Mars. yeah start with IHOP, because IHOP has the steak. Oh, the steak. What's, oh no, has moons over Miami, so it's like, uh, that would have been a good one for I space. Would, you know, I'd rather go on IHOP, personally,
0: because so IHOP does have the steak. What do they call them? The tender? The, the tender steak mice? tips. Steak tips. Oh, wow, steak tips and eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Mm. Tips and eggs in, in uh, Mars, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. And you like a green one. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know? Dr. Seuss edition. Hey, Dr. Seuss, right. Dr. Seuss edition. So... Thank you, Sage. We would love to have you back. Sage, we we only went to a few. We have all these topics for you, but we went through a little bit of it. We appreciate it. Honestly, this is all Taylor Merritt's fault. Tyler Merritt's fault, I'm sorry, Uh, because of his technical difficulties. He ruined everything. Um, And uh, I hope he feels very terrible about about (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but, uh, we loved having you on Sage, and we loved uh, Tyler Merritt as well. But, uh, we will be back next week. And of course we'd love to have you back in the future, certainly before you're a big, big fight. And, um, awesome. after your fight, once you're victorious, we want to have you on to go play by play and tell us how you destroyed this guy and, uh, show each you know it. blow and you can say, that's why I punched his face there. I kicked him in the head. That's what he went down. That's when uh, they congratulated,
1: him. and that's when I tickled them.
0: I tickled them. <laughs> the finishing move. <laughs> finishing move. You like that? Yeah. And you got it wait. It's the, right yeah. right yeah, the right hand. Right hand. Yeah, right hand. perfect.
3: All right. Look
0: at that. Oh, And then the next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna be a like you Pro. You're gonna win a bodybuilding show. You're gonna be the 212 champion. You're gonna be the Open. You're gonna Open. You're gonna be Mr. Olympia. And then, I mean, what's what's next after that?
3: That'd be so much fun. That'd be <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> Man, I'm watching I'm watching all the competitions. I, I get so excited watching them. I would love to do that sometime.
0: Who's your who's your favorite bodybuilder that's that's active, I mean?
3: Man, you know, well, I mean, of course I'm biased because I'm on <laughs> team Redcon one, so George the Bull, blessing, they're like they've now become my friends. So that's pretty cool. But um I guess like over overall, like I met like Phil Heath, for instance. Um, uh, Jay Cutler. I've never met Jay, but he's he's friends I'm friends with my coach, actually Uriah Faber, and we're friends on Instagram. He's a real real cool guy. So he's probably one of my favorite too. He's really great guy and he loves incredible. Right. So yep, well, What was that?
0: I said he loves MMA. Jay loves MMA. He's oh yeah he yeah him. yeah he, yeah, he does. MMA. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, so that that's neat. So. I only think of all the people he liked, who would be the one he'd be most like? Probably Jay, or right? Probably Jay, yeah. You're like a young Jay. A young Jay who uh look at look at yeah, him. Look does. at that. What why you're doing men's physique? Why do you have the legs like that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <worked up>,
0: That's right? <laughs> a lot of legs. Yeah. Oh man, he's on the way to the open open division, pretty much, right? A lot a lot
3: of physique guys don't have do the physique guys, a lot of them don't have uh very big legs, do they? Not like that. Not like mm.
1: that. why so you wear board shorts. why so they wear the
3: shorts. Look at you. <laughs> I was getting it. Hit you some cardio. You
0: <laughs> don't have to diet, Sage. You could just like do the show. Do you ever diet for men's yeah. physique, or just go do it?
3: Uh, I competed. Okay, so as like a teen, I competed in um, like five different competitions. Uh, I think it was like the Euro Europa, the Branch Warren. I'm um, uh, forgetting the other ones, but. Uh, I got first place all this. I, I think I, I dieted for like a couple days, like two days. I kind of like cut my water back a little bit the day before, and then I got tanned up and then went out there and it was so much fun. You know, it was really fun pops in the morning. It was like, ah, I it. like, yeah,
0: <laughs> most people, I don't know if you know this, but most people don't do it like that. Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's what, that's what I've heard. Yeah
0: oh my god! I have to diet. I, I, do do shit. I two days. Of <laughs> oh yeah, do that show. Two days, I'll we'll be ready.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but listen, yeah if you keep that up, once once the you beat everybody and you beat everybody's butt and you win, you're the champion of everything. Who knows? Maybe that will be your future because it's way lower intensity than what you're doing now. That's for sure. Man,
3: I I would like that. I could see that for sure. That's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool.
0: Sage, thank you so much for coming on. We love all your energy. One of the things that we think, is the, one of the coolest things about you, honestly, is the positivity and energy you provide. And I think that's Thanks. truly unique and uh, and we love it. I know Ryan over here, uh, he, uh, he's he got the same kind of energy and uh, positivity. I do too, to, to some degree, although I can turn it down. Ryan can't, you probably can't too much. So uh, there he is. Ryan! <laughs> hey, Ryan's funny yeah he's, he's really hyped up he can't beat anybody up but he definitely has the energy so you know that you guys share that in common and to be honest i have it to, to some degree i can tone it down you guys have it to just the 10th degree and we love that about both you guys so keep it going bro and uh, i can't wait to see the fight i know eric we can't wait we're gonna be watching can we watch it yeah and uh, and when you uh when you're done come on or even before, give us a little, you know, you can hype it up right before. And you gotta come fight yeah. Stefan. And then once you win, you come oh fight. I want <laughs> you to please embarrass him. Uh you yeah, got right. yeah, you can tell me like, ready. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> one of the things he does to people, which you should do to him, is that he will mount them, right? He'll get behind them, mount them, and then he spanks them as and, and teach them a the lesson by spanking them. That's what we need to do.
1: You should kick him like your sister kicked you. Yeah,
0: donkey kick him and spank right. him, and and that's what you do.
1: <laughs> All right, we're playing it. (laughs) That's funny. Good deal. All right, (laughs) so
0: thank you, Sage. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Bye, Sage.
3: Yeah, thanks thanks for having me on. That was fun.
0: Hell yeah. We're bringing (laughs) you to Boca. See you soon. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. All right, see (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys.
1: So episode 20.
0: Episode 20 in the books. There's some technical difficulties. That's not to be unexpected with this type of thing. We have that. Tyler Merritt made it, made it work, though. He made no, it work. No, he got his phone out. He in. is resourceful. Yep. Nope. Like, Little, Night Little MacGyver. He's like, no, I mean, Night Suckers, they don't give up. What do you say? It's uh, 30 seconds. Uh, I forget that. It's, uh, there's a, a saying. 30 seconds here or there or something? That's Ryan's saying. Uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> the mess is not, I mean, uh, this is, this is not. He didn't say that kind of thing. Us. Tyler. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. Let's move (laughs) on. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. This was uh this was a show that uh will not be forgotten because it's number 20. And we had two great guests on Tyler Mm Man is a great fan of ours, uh, good dude. We'll be in Savannah soon, hanging out with him. He doesn't know when. He texts me when are you coming? uh but I I haven't wrote back yet. We're just gonna show up very soon. We won't tell Mm -hmm. him anything. And then obviously Sage, uh great athlete, great person, high energy and uh, gonna be uh, one hell of a uh, big comeback. Oh yeah, great to see him. It's one of those things, right? So when you have, uh, and this is, this is, I mean, I think this is universal for a person that is really, really self-motivated and highly intense is that when you have a failure or you have a, a unfortunate event that happens to you, it, tr- and he mentioned, you know, I mentioned to him and he agreed is it truly can motivate somebody who's highly motivated anyway highly energized to go. Okay. So that happened. Watch what I'm gonna do now. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to put money on it, which I probably will, um, I would say that Sage Northcutt is gonna crush I don't even know who the next person is. I don't know anything about him. But there's money, my money gonna be on Sage Northcutt. What would you say? That's how he ended up. that's That's that is what made Sage say, I'm gonna this next guy is gonna get annihilated. And that's why I believe that Sage will this event in his life, changed him in a major way that will, I believe, prove out to be an extremely positive thing for Sage that he won't just win, but he'll decimate the next guy to make a point. Yep. I, agree. I feel sorry for the next guy because he'll probably look just like that if not worse. Oh, geez. So
1: <laughs> um what else you get to say? That's it. I think we're we're done. done. Oh, I think are we, we, we are. Not, I don't think any video does. All right, My sorry. eyeballs hurt right now. All right, guys. <laughs> thank
0: you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week on the next 21st Radiance Report.